0: Podcast. I said welcome to Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Booth, the Angel Prino. Welcome to Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast.
1: Welcome everybody to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Joe Prano, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California with the greatest co-host in the history of the Dirty Sports Podcast, besides Joe Prano, Mr. Tug Coker. Hello, Joe. Tug, how are you doing on this fine Thursday morning? I'm, I feel incredible. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's sunny out in
2: Venice. Weather's perfect. Or maybe it's because Andy is off in Catalina.
1: Because he contracted mono. Andy going full uh, Sam Darnold. He did. The same week as Sam Darnold, he contracts mono. It's tough to watch. And we've quarantined him to an island. (laughs) We have sent him out to the island of Catalina. Flew his mom in to take care of him. Flew his mom in, just like when he got the denting. (laughs) His mom came rushing to town to take care of him. She said, I don't want you to get twerks sick. I don't want you to get... Tugger Joe Sick. Nope. So I'm going to take you down to uh, Catalina. We're the Buffalo Rome. We're the Buffalo Rome. <laughs> and we're gonna get you healthy. She's nursing him back to life. Uh, we we are doing this without Andy. He threw us a couple of Indiana Jones style booby traps. He did. He he one-eyed Willie the Smut Studio to try to <laughs> to try to keep us out from going live. But we've both put on our sunglasses and we are we're ready to go. Our hater blockers are on. So I think in honor of Andy's absence, we should start the last place that Andy would ever start. Let's talk U.S. Open tennis, Doug. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> last time we were together, we did hockey. Right now, we're going right into tennis. We
3: went,
1: we went live
2: from Wimbledon. Uh, what a year then- we've had in tennis. Like You and I getting up early, 4 a.m. to watch the French... We recapped Wimbledon. Oh, that's right. We, yeah, it was the yeah. French that we watched live. That's correct. 4 a.m. We called Michael Costa. Michael Costa, who was lucky enough to be at the U.S. Open final on Sunday, watching what I thought was an incredible match. I don't know how much of it you actually caught. I watched
1: a lot of it. It's a great man. It was on in the background.
2: And I thought Nadal, for all of us tennis fans out there, all five of you and me, and Joe now,
1: Joe's showing some real fandom going, Going to uh, the, the tournament this year. Went to Indian Wells. I don't want to say I gave Bianca Andreescu the dirty sports bump, but she won that one while I was there.
2: See, yeah, we had no idea who this person was, but you did. Yeah, you knew all along this girl had talent, and she took Serena really took her to behind the woodshed. Yeah, I mean she showed. It was the first time I've ever seen Serena. I've seen Serena be nervous in the past because she's trying to tie the record for most majors, and she's tight trying to win the first major uh, after you know becoming a mom but this is the first time I ever thought she was like, she just
1: got beat by someone better than her. Yeah. Like age actually caught up with her a little bit. So, well, that's what I want your take on. She obviously will tie and break this majors record. Eventually she's not done, No, but this, uh, Canadian, 18 years old, 19 19, 19 now she was 18 when she was at Indian Wells. So maybe she had a birthday, uh, is, is there a passing of the torch ceremony happening in this actual event? Too hard to say. You know, again, small niche audience here.
2: Women's tennis, um, it's just too hard for people to stay on top. Serena is such an anomaly because nobody stays on top for long. You see people spike, get a major, and be never heard of again. Marion Bartoli won Wimbledon several years ago, retired after she won Wimbledon. I don't know who that is. Exactly. I I, I, I was
1: pretty sure that was was somebody who hosted a cooking show.
2: (laughs) She may may do that now. (laughs) Yeah. Over in France, you know, uh, on French TV. But um, so many people have had uh, just like a meteoric rise, grab a major or lose in the finals. Jeanne Bouchard is another example because she's a Canadian who made it to the Wimbledon finals. Uh, and and has really struggled to get back, and now she's just known more for her Instagram. So check out G- Eugenie Bouchard uh, for her Instagram fun.
1: And then the men's uh, final that you talked about. Really, you excited. are a Federer guy. I'm a Federer guy. Like every basic white chick, you are a Federer.
2: I'm a white chick, all <laughs> through and through. Um, Rose all day, <laughs> all day. Roger Federer hat, Absolutely. Your RF. Get my, get my RF. <laughs> it's not just white chicks, dude. It's it's it. I when I went to Wilmington last year, all of India is a fan of Roger. All of any part of Asia is a fan of Roger. Now He's he, captured he the world
1: was nowhere to be found Sh- in this U.S. Open.
2: Huge missed opportunity, losing in the quarters, knowing that Djokovic went out to Stan Wawrinka in like the fourth round. Federer, he was on Federer's side. Of, Djokovic was on Federer's side of the draw. Federer had a real opportunity, and I think that kind of like, he got tight. He got tight. He had people. Uh, he had Dimitrov in his bracket, who, who in the uh, tennis world is known as Baby Fed. They call him Baby Fed because he's got similar style of game, kind of got that fluidity that Federer has, and he's never beaten Federer in seven matches. But nobody beats Baby Fed
1: eight times in a row. And I, I hate to go all like MAGA here, but I was rooting for the Russian in the final. Because well, you like
2: a, you like a good troll.
1: I like a good troll, and I also like that this guy was yeah, he was you know. Saying, I, "I bring it on, boo me. Yes. I want to hear it." He and, was, uh, and I think in New I liked his attitude. And New Yorkers were excited to boo him, but yeah. they also learned to love him. Like yeah. they love that. They came it's like, all it's, the way around. Yeah, in
2: exactly. This thing. Don't tell me what to do. But they go <laughs> yeah. home and say, "I love that guy." So it's. Uh, it, I was written for him too. I tweeted out that uh, Nadal was playing cousin Greg from Succession because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he's got like a, he was so gangly, like he just be, like most six you know six guys. Who are, who aren't like NBA players? They just have a weird gait to them, like a weird movement around the court. Yeah. And he was he impressed because he's cousin got, Gregory now. By the way, oh see, I heard Gregory. this, I heard this in the latest. First Gregory <laughs> now, I need to
1: catch up. Did but you have you not watched the latest episode? I've only
2: seen the first two, one or two of the second season uh, because I have a kid. Spoiler alert!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, I impregnated my wife <laughs> two and a half but years ago.
2: Just to put, put a button on this uh, match, you know, Nadal is so dominant. The, Nadal, you know, I don't want to. I don't bring out the initials T W around Joe because I know he doesn't like it, but he reminds me of heyday Tiger when you had to play your best to beat Rafa. Rafa doesn't make mistakes, and he was up two sets to one, and he and then he, and then he actually he was two sets to none. Yeah, and and Medvedev comes back to win the next two sets, which is very impressive. Sends it to five sets. One thing, and, and Costa talked about this on his podcast. Um, Nadal got a little little chippy. The rules in tennis are you play at the pace of the server. Nadal is known notoriously as being a very so player, slow player, to the point where they've initiated a shot clock in tennis. Right. Pretty much for Nadal. Yeah. He, he, had, a, he had a shot clock violation early on in the match. But when and, and one of the strategies against Nadal is to play quickly. Now, Medvedev decided to play faster, and a couple times Nadal said, wait. Which is really a no-no in tennis. Yeah. And the umpire should have basically been a little more alpha and said, Rafa, no, this is not your moment. When he serves, you be ready. And so I think it caused a little bit of, uh, you know, it was a little irksome for, for fans of tennis out there. Who, and I think that added to the, the love of seeing Medvedev try to take down
1: know, you, you know, know, you know who I root for in every tennis match? Who? I root for the person that's just winning gracefully winning points gracefully, forget the match overall. Just like when these players hit a point and then they're like, yeah, and they turn to the crowd. I'm like, I mean, it's one point in a fucking tennis match. So you're a Federer guy. I, I'm kind of a Federer <laughs> yeah. guy, yeah. I, I was a big fan when I watched uh, who was the number one w- woman's, women's seed that went out after she beat the 15-year-old American girl. And they had they had a very graceful... Uh on oh, court yes, interview. Yes, 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 yes. Um, she's Japanese. Yeah. Um, I forget I forget her name. She
2: but she'd won two majors, uh, hard hardcore majors in a row. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. And she said, come, come do the interview with me.
1: And she, and the whole time, like every time uh the Coco would hit a shot, that was great. She kind of gave her the yeah. clap on the racket. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, look at her, she's like supporting. Like, that's a great shot. Like, nothing I can do about that. Great shot. Meanwhile, when Coco's hitting shots, she's like, Let's go! And uh, I'm just, I'm always rooting for whoever's winning more gracefully, winning their points more gracefully. I got to say, I'm surprised by that because, you
2: know, I think of you as a guy who's a little bit brash, not afraid to throw his personality around. So, and I think maybe in some sports, you know, but you are an Eli guy, and Eli's like that as yeah. well. But I think that's part of the reason why so many people love Federer because he does win with grace. And the most emotion you'll see out of sometimes, he'll do like a little cheer when he wins a big match, but he does this cool little racket. Wiggle like just a little racket wiggle, which
1: you do with the microphone. Absolutely, after, uh, after, after I, I,
2: a great point or like a, I get you to laugh. I'll you know go silent for a second. I'll, it's pretty awesome.
1: So, now I think that should be sufficient tennis talk for Andy Ruther to have had a brain aneurysm yes. and be dead on the island of the, Catalina. The
2: last thing I want to say, just uh, and we'll put this to, to to rest, is that you know, Federer has twenty majors. Disaster year for Federer. Federer has 20 majors. We started the year with Nadal having 17. He won the French, he won the US to get to to 19. And also on the heels is Djokovic. I think he got to 17, I want to say, correct right. me if I'm wrong, but he went, and from losing Federer had Wimbledon on his racket. Yep. To get to 21, it's to separate again cuz you got to feel like Nadal's going to win the French again next year automatic to right. 20. Really just, you know, if you're thinking of all time, if you're looking at guys all time. So now this is the
1: question I, and this will really kill Andy that we're still doing this. But uh, this is the question I wanted to ask you because we did the French live stream and there was the 10 people watching. It was split pretty evenly, five and five. There was five Nadals, the GOAT, five Federer's the GOAT. But Djokovic is right there and he has a winning record head to head against both of them. And he doesn't have one single major dominance like Nadal with the French. So is he low key? If he ends up with the most, and he's got a head to head against both, isn't that? Isn't that? I mean, how do you argue, Nadal? I, I, I have to agree. Like, listen, I'm I'm a Federer fan. Like, I was a Stefan Edberg fan. For you, the, the five people that are still listening. <laughs> um, I, I We're love. We're trying to crush this. I man, love. This el- live I love elegance. We want to get no people on the live yeah, stream. No by, the, by the time uh, oh God! I'm out of
2: here. We just gave you mono by listening to tennis. I hope you're
1: ready for some FIBA basketball <laughs> talk after this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Federer is my favorite player, but I think he has. He. I don't think he'll go down as the greatest because, like you said, um, Nadal' his ability to, even though Federer has a winning record against. Nadal outside of Clay Services, Nadal still beat him in bigger, bigger matches. And Djokovic, I think, has always given uh, Federer some fits, especially in the last half of his, of his career. And he kind of owns Nadal in some big matches. So I, I, I agree with you. I think Djokovic has a chance, if he stays healthy and stays focused, to become the greatest player
1: of all time. Have we done it? That's it. That's tennis. That was Talking Tennis with Tug Co. Talking Tennis with Tug. The pre show. <laughs> That wasn't even live. Now we're going to go live. Uh, Tug, (laughs) we have a lot of sports to talk about. Tennis is obviously a sport. Don't want to say it's not a sport. But uh, we have a lot of sports to talk about. We obviously have Week 2 of the NFL upon us. We are going to save that for the end. I'm going in order here and we'll... uh, Did you create the rundown or did Andy create it for you? I created the rundown. I love this. I created the rundown. You
2: know, Andy says you don't do any of the, 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 the menial task work. And then I got this in my inbox this morning showing me the rundown. A
1: a tear came to my I created the rundown, and I threw things on there that I knew Andy would have just blown through had he been here. He's not talking basketball. He's not talking a couple of major milestones in the MLB. Uh, He would have probably had some college football conversation on there. But – we have a couple things to talk about before we get to week two of the NFL. The first one, a couple basketball stories. Let's start with the biggest basketball story. Kobe Bryant trolling a seven year old girl on Instagram. Uh this is so it was a little confusing the yeah. way Kobe put it up. Give a little, little backstory. It was a little confusing the way Kobe put it up. A lot of people are thinking that Kobe has just called out one of his players for missing a game and them taking fourth place. What he actually put up was a uh, victory post, his team beating another team like 140 to 12 or something like that, and then a throwback to two years ago, this same team lost to uh, this Kobe's team lost to the same team they just blew out, like, 22-21. And uh, he was talking about all the changes in their lineup, in their roster since that time. But he specifically threw one girl under the bus as she was missing because she was at a dance recital. And he then says, I guess we know where her priorities are. So Kobe Bryant trolling a girl on Instagram for attending a dance recital instead of an AAU basketball game at, like, literally age eight years old. <laughs> it's Kobe like, Bryant, worst human being of all time or worst human being of all time? You hate to see it because... I love to see it. Oh, I know you do. I love to see it. I like the, the whole world is waking up to no. what anybody with eyes and, like, an understanding of body language and, like, human interaction knew about Kobe Bryant 15 years ago.
2: The sadness is, is that... Kobe has tried to immerse himself into the art world. He's won an Oscar somehow. If, if
1: you look at his Twitter bio, it says nothing about basketball. It says, you, like, producer, editor. Producer, editor. You know, working on improving himself
2: and ingraining himself in the arts world and takes an absolute shot at a, at a child who's trying to, I don't know, just be a kid. Be a kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he just tried to qualify it. I saw on Twitter he tried to correct his, you know, what he meant. But
1: yeah, yeah. well, well, for, he just denied it. He just straight up denied it. People called him out for trolling this girl, and he said simply not true. And I just don't know how you misread what he said as anything but a shot at her for missing it for a dance trial. He literally says, "I guess we know who her priorities were." It's true, and I think I honestly think that he should give his Oscar back because he doesn't
2: care about the arts, <laughs> and he doesn't care about you know anything post career besides you know d- just being a bad teammate again. Once yeah, again, we crashing shack, yeah, exactly. So you really hate it was it was a, it was a bummer for for me as a person who's trying to raise uh, two boys. But maybe that's maybe that's the secret now. Maybe because. I wanted them to be great, so maybe I need to tell them where their priorities need to be.
1: Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the point. And Andy threw a shot at Kobe on Twitter with a five for twenty three in game like, seven. In, in uh, in or six for twenty four in game seven. It, yeah, five for twenty three is his playoff under ten seconds with a tie or within one point shots. He shoots, you know, some horrific number, and a lot of people took. Uh, umbrage with that thing. What did Kobe's shooting stats have to do with it? Well, he called out a girl for not showing up. Meanwhile, in the biggest moments of his career, he simply did not show up. He was, he was horrific when it came down to it. He was horrific in game seven. He was horrific in, in multiple. I mean, the, the four air ball game, he, his shooting numbers under 10 seconds, just the irony of Kobe calling somebody out for not showing up. maybe what that girl needed was Shaq to drive her from the dance recital to the basketball game so she could do both, to literally carry that girl from one to the other. Well, That would have been Kobe approved. Th- this, this team that he coached, they lost two years ago, right? Yes.
2: Did, I, I, this is another – like, he didn't post this, but he actually brought in Pau Gasol's daughter for this year <laughs> yeah. to win the title. So, you know, you have to dig deeper on these Instagram posts, guys. He brought in a few recruits. To get him over the hump. Yeah, the
1: smiling girl with great hair, great flowing <laughs> hair. That's yep. Pau Gasol's daughter. <laughs> That's
2: right. <laughs> so yeah, it's that was that was he, he got his comeuppance there. I mean, Kobe.
1: Speaking of European legend Pau Gasol, let's talk about the United States basketball team losing and being eliminated from the tournament by France. Only, boy, that,
2: they lost again last night.
1: Yeah, my boy Frank Nilakina.
2: They lost again last night, and they were down thirty. I think or thirty to seven in the first period last night. Came back to tie it, and before losing to Jokic and a bunch of, I believe that was, was it. Serbia, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if they're if USA is getting off the hook because the, of the time zone. We, no one's really watching these games. Well, that's what I am say. Does anyone care? Do you care? Well, I, I care in this sense. One. I believe in American exceptionalism.
1: You know, we, we have pride. We like to win. This is, this is you bringing a, a bit of Andy Ruther to, to your seat today. <laughs> America's the best. America's the best. Um, do I ultimately care? No. Chili and cheeseburgers, and sometimes <laughs> chili and cheeseburgers together, that's what America does. That's what we do. But have you seen the roster? It's not good. This roster is not good. It's not good. But there's still more star NBA players or second tier NBA players or even third tier NBA players than on any other team in the world, right? There's no team that has more, you know, 20 uh, point NBA scorers than the USA team. It's
2: true. I guess what, what I mean is it's not good in the sense that we're still missing the top Absolutely. half Absolutely. of our team. In Serbia. You, Jokic is probably the best player on the floor. Yeah, Um, for sure. So that's, I mean, it'd be nice to have that game played when when there's motivation involved. It's hard hard to care when you're both playing for 5th and 6th place. France has Rudy Gobert... I don't even know if my boy and Frankie uh, smokes. Yeah, but Sully, I don't know if he, he he played or not. From a former. Celtics, what do you think right? of my
1: theory that I've said on episodes before, which is the fact that these guys don't play together, then they end up picking guys. You know what what tends to happen in the NBA is the best players are all these wing guys. So we 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 have sort of a loaded, you know, ten guys who play the same position. What do you think of my theory that your Virginia Cavaliers with Joe Harris play this tournament, they win it all? A team that's played together, you add some NBA talent that's from the NBA-talented alumni. And, like, like does Joe Harris with the current Cavaliers team and the guys who were just drafted who had all played together? We could add Mike Scott, but he's too busy fighting in Philadelphia right now. So we can't fly him over.
2: But, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting idea because there's – but I, I think I, I, think it would be – I don't think so. I don't think they're good enough to get over the hump, but I think it would be probably more fun to watch.
1: But that's what the TBT is for, guys. Yeah, I, think, I think those guys, having played together, be, playing championship basketball this year, you add Joe Harrison and just be like, look, you're going to score 50. And just, like, let Joe Harris do his thing. And I I think that's the world championship basketball team.
2: Who's my guy from BYU from years ago that you got like lit up?
1: Jimmer, Jimmer, yeah. Let's put Jimmer out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just make it a showcase. Yeah, but those are the guys who who excel in 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 international basketball, the shooters. Absolutely. Well, part of the problem is that uh, you know, and I, I did
2: follow this a little bit because there were three Celtics on this team, and I kind of wanted to see how Kimbo was playing with the
1: guys. Oh, that's right, you're a Celtics fan. I am. Oh, hard to keep track. Of I know, that. I know, it is hard to keep track. Yeah. Yeah,
0: hold on, so Torx. We got it. We got to. We got to bring you in. No, I was going to actually ask you that question because there's there's four Celtics on the team. Uh, there's Brown. Smart. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot because yeah. T- Tatum was hurt. I guess Tatum. Like, yeah, Tatum was so hurt. Four, yeah. So is that is that concerning to you at all? Not
2: at all. Well, Jason Tatum was actually playing really well,
0: and uh, and and Pop was loving
2: the way Jalen Brown was playing this year. There's some articles coming out about. Pop was loving the way he facilitates for the players. And Kimba, I think what you're seeing a lot of is a lot of stuff coming out sideways, a lot of passive-aggressive comments about how much fun they're having, which are all shots at Kyrie. Right. Um, But one thing that I'll say is, you know, that we need to track from this team is because a a lot of these international teams, what happens is, these are where relationships are formed. This is where you start to see Kyrie and Kevin Durant hang out. So I'm interested to see two, three years from now are any of these players working together behind the scenes because they built a bond to play together in the NBA?
1: Do so, you think this is a uh, any sort of a uh, black mark on Greg Popovich's legacy as a coach? I think it's, it's a good question. I was thinking about that. Greg Popovich, <laughs> sort of known for taking... You know, a ragtag bunch and turning them into Hall of Famers and being like, it's easy to get them to play together. Just listen to me, I, I I honestly do think this is a bit of a.
2: I'm I'm gonna tell you why I don't think so. One, I love that Popovich is uh, the coach because he's uh, from the you know you know served in the armed forces or at least graduated from a, a military school. But the Achilles' heel for Popovich is, what's his secret sauce? international players. Yeah. He has a weakness with American players. So I think he probably didn't quite know what to do because he's talking to them in, a, in, you know, in English. He wants to, he likes to talk to Ginobili in a different language or Tony Parker, you know, all, all these. LaMarcus Aldridge, I'm pretty sure, is not American. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, so I think, like, I, I, would, I think it has a black eye on Popovich, but he knows that he's been handcuffed because he doesn't have a chance to draft, you know, some guys in the late second round. To stash them away for a few years
1: and have them come back and be great. I am putting it as a small smudge. Yeah, it's a smudge. It's a, it's a fingerprint on the eyeglasses of Popovich's <laughs> career. Yeah. And I'll also go ahead ha- go ahead and say uh if this team was coached by Mike Dantoni, they'd be winning every game by forty points. And I'm gonna leave it at that. I, mean, we'll I think move. that's a great call, actually.
2: <laughs> I mean, to see uh to see that uh coach uh, D'Antoni coach in um, international will be I think be awesome. I mean it's it's a game he's used to.
1: Yeah. He's and, and he's been on. He's you know he's been on the staff before. Yeah. Un, under Coach K, uh, we move on to a little baseball. Just a couple of quick baseball things that we have to touch on. I want you to do the heavy lifting. I followed up, but I, but I know this is a sport that you're following. Well, you're you're Mister you're Mister Gambling. That's correct. And there is rumors of you know some tug gambling things in the works here. Oh yeah, there are. I don't want to I don't want to tease it too much. So, I'm going to just hit you with a couple things. One, the Dodgers have clinched the NL West, they're the yep. first team to clinch their division. Yep. Uh, as our gambling correspondent, where how do you feel about the Dodgers World Series winning odds? I don't know the exact number, but I I
2: still am concerned. And here's why. One, I'm interested to see how they play the the back half of September. You know this as well as I do. You can see a lot of teams either get hot or ride momentum, or do they shut it down? How are they going to handle the pitching staff with the back half here? But I really have to say i I like the I like what the Astros did. Right. I got. I mean, everyone's talking Yankees or Astros to me.
1: Leaf blower. We're going to go ahead and have you shut that window there, twerk, since somebody is. Cutting up a dead body, <laughs> <laughs> some sort Spar of up in here. saw. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, the the major league baseball teams that are out there are a roulette board. You've got uh, some money. How much are you scattering it around? Yeah, it's a good you're, call. You're going heavy on the. Well, Astros. I like I like
2: the Astros because I just think that their pitching staff is great. I, I just think the way they go about uh, assembling their team is is top notch. Yankees, I I'm not as in, invested in the Yankees because. A A, probably some emotion is is in there. Um, I'm not a big Yankees guy. Uh, Curious on the pitching staff there as well. Obviously have some you know pretty loaded. The team I think is the here's a team that I'm interested in sprinkling
1: on. The Washington Nationals. Now, now I picked the Nationals to win the NL East uh, with the uh, addition by subtraction of Bryce Harper. They're not winning the NL East. They're no one's. Catching the card or the uh, Braves, but the Nationals l- looking likely to make a, a wild card.
2: They, they, they have to win. You know, wild card is there's a lot of variance in one you know one game wild card. But if they get into if they get into the tournament, great pitching staff, absolutely. Scherzer, know?
1: Strasburg, and
2: I think that plus the addition from subtraction. I think you know the, you know the Ewing theory isn't in, isn't in play here.
1: How many of your hundred chips? do you put on a Milwaukee Brewers team?
2: Oh, my God.
1: Uh, Andy. Andy. Andy Andy Ruther calls in and says, your phone is flashing. (laughs) Uh, How many of your hundred chips do you put on a Milwaukee Brewers team that is a half game out of the wild card with Christian Yelich uh, breaking his own kneecap with a foul ball?
2: You have to imagine the odds sort of skyrocketed, skyrocketed because of that. Uh, I went to a Dodgers Brewers postseason game last year. A um, lot of shenanigans, you know. I think that the game I went to remind me of the manager uh, for the Craig Brewers. Council. Craig Council, thank you. Started the pitcher for one batter. Yep. And they brought in someone out of uh, the, you, know, in the bullpen. This is in the playoffs last year. playoffs game right. last year. Day game, Kershaw pitched. And um, who knows what you're going to get with Craig Council? I don't believe in the Brewers. I might throw but, I believe in making money, so I throw maybe five chips. It's a sprinkle. But I, but I think I'd, I'd go more heavily with the nationals right now. And- Do we believe in the Braves?
1: Uh, I believe in the Braves. Uh I believe that the Braves could play in the NLCS. I do believe that. I think that if the Braves are playing the Dodgers, so right now it would work out that the the Dodgers would have the wild card team. The Dodgers would have whatever team comes out of wild card. The uh division series would be Braves Cardinals or Braves winner of the um Central, basically. Um and I You know, I think the Cardinals win that series, but I certainly could see the Braves winning that series. So I see the Braves in the NLCS, but I think if they have to play a Dodgers or a Nationals that come out of a wild card or, you know, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I did deem their season over just last week. Mets now only two games back. But my point being, if a team gets in there with, with like crazy pitching like the Dodgers, Mets, and Nationals have, where you could just have a DeGrom or a Scherzer or a Strasburg or a Kershaw or a Bueller just go shove um, and be a stopper. I think the Braves are going to have a hard time beating a team like that. Um, so I could absolutely see the Braves in the NLCS. I don't love the Braves to appear in the World Series. Is Bueller the de facto number one for the Dodgers in the playoffs? I think so. I agree. I mean, he's not. he won't. Be their number one. They'll, no, they'll pitch Kershaw, but yeah.
2: If 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 you need to win one game, if the Dodgers need to win one game, who are you
1: throwing out there? Yeah. I think it's Bueller, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the last thing on baseball, the last night, and it happened relatively early in the night. Um, a home run was hit that broke the season home run record for all of baseball. Yep. Then there was like thirty more home runs hit last last night after <laughs> that. So it was a celebration, yeah. The question is, obviously, are the balls juiced, which um, Justin Verlander has weighed in on. Uh, The gross home run totals are obviously an argument for. But you could also argue, hey, these guys, you know, exit velocity and launch angle and guys are throwing harder than ever. And we're moving our fences in and we're playing, you know, in all these like retro ballparks. And so you could make the argument that it wasn't. But here would be the argument against that. And this is a stat they flashed during the Mets game last night. Home runs hit in AAA in all of 2018 using a AAA baseball, 3,652. Home runs hit in AAA in all of 2019 after switching to the use of the Major League Baseball, 5,749. So over 2,000 more home runs hit in AAA this year with use of the Major League Baseball. Is it safe to say the baseball is juiced? Can't be sure.
2: <laughs> Can't be sure. <laughs> don't have enough information.
1: And I'm a Rob Manfred guy. Yeah. No, I, don't, I mean it seems obvious to me, but um, and and also Justin Verlander's a good guy. I don't think he says that willy nilly. Are Verlander and Kate Upton like the uh, like America's are they like their American royalty? They are. They're like are the Chrissy like, Teigen and John Legend of baseball. I think. I think first of all. I think they're way. B- I think they're both more talented than their counterpart in that other half. Like, ver- like yeah. who you got? Yeah, Tegan, Legend. Yeah, or no, like, to- if, you, if you go Tegan Legend, you you're bad at choosing models, <laughs> and you're bad at like John Legend's pretty talented, but like I don't think anybody's like John Legend is the greatest musician we've seen in twenty years. Right. You know, um, like he's a pretty talented guy. Talented, yeah, right. But I mean. Kate Upton blows. Chris Chris Teigen's now hosting NBC's Bring the Funny. She's know? getting into a fight with a person in power. Yeah, on, on social media, so it's very
2: interesting. But you know, I know Verlander and Upton are both. Pretty- I feel like they're our royal couple. They're a royal couple.
1: I feel like they're Meghan Markle and fucking Prince Harry. or whatever. I, I couldn't
2: name. agree more. Let's crown him. You want to crown him? Yeah, crown, Let's crown him. American royalty. <laughs> the last thing. I, the last thing I want to say, and I don't want to make this a somber moment, but I just want to be a reflective. On um, just a thought, because obviously this is the week of September 11th, mm-hmm. and I was going through some highlights of like great moments from 2001. Sport- great, mo-
1: great moments on 9/11. Great
2: mo- <laughs> Let's take a look back at the great moments of 9-11. Nine <laughs> eleven. Let's take a look back. It was but- a sunny morning. That was a-, <laughs> it was a it's a Tuesday morning. Tuesday. Um, but so many of the moments were that are used as moments to uplift America. Were about baseball. Yes. Two of the moments that, I, that everyone remembers is the George Bush throwing the baseball out. But I saw another with, one today with the
1: uh, with the bulletproof vest with on.
2: A, yes, and he threw a strike. But the other one that I remember, I'm sure you, you I'm sure you think of dozens. Yeah. But Sammy Sosa with running, running at full the speed flag. with the American flag and running it along the wall of Wrigley Field. And I'm just wondering, in the 18 years later. Could baseball still have that sort of grasp on America? It's just an interesting. I was just thinking about it. I was like,
1: Yeah, because oh, and also how far Sammy Sosa has fallen, right?
2: To think about, oh look at this because guy.
1: We we also have the Mike Piazza home run uh, yep. in, the, in the first game back that he hit up the t- you know top of the fucking tower in center field. That was a big one. He's doing it with the you know the Mets were wearing the first responders hats. Oh yeah, which yeah. baseball did not let them wear last night. What, Interesting. Uh, yeah, so th- there—that sort of answers your question. It does, it Ro- does Rob Manfred yeah. did nine eleven? <laughs> Rob Manfred and Andy Reuther <laughs> equally responsible. If you had to sprinkle a hundred chips on George Bush, Andy Reuther, and Rob Manfred, how many you put on Rob? Rob Manfred did nine eleven. I used to think Andy had the most
2: of those chips. Yeah, yeah. I'm concerned now.
1: Yeah. Very I don't know why Manfred's not letting them wear first responders hats. Seems super dumb. But shout out to Pete Alonzo, rookie on a rookie contract, buying the whole team uh, custom 9/11 remembrance cleats in in each of their company of of choices style. That's I mean the polar bear is taking New York by storm.
2: No, you know, it's, I don't want to make light of 9/11, but but great moments in
1: 9/11. That's one of them. Yeah. Alonzo.
2: Pete Alonzo. <laughs> yeah. Great moments nine
1: eleven. 9/11. Uh, we now, before we get to uh, the NFL, which I know everybody's just salivating at, we have to talk college football. But this will be quick. I don't know how much of a college football guy you are. I, I heard on the last podcast you you wondered if I was a Texas
2: fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know I'm not because I'm a I'm a fan of two other big schools, the Michigan Wolverines, right? Obviously, yeah. I went to Virginia, and I root for the Virginia Cavaliers, but my parents both went to Oklahoma. So if I have to choose between Texas and Oklahoma, it's always Oklahoma. As a matter of fact, I'm going to the Oklahoma-UCLA game at the Rose Bowl this weekend with my father, and I just got to say, UCLA is 0-2. How bad is Chip Kelly? Has anyone's star fallen f- further or farther, whichever one that is, yeah. than Chip Kelly? I mean, what is happening? What has happened?
1: Chip Kelly, I mean let's let's go through Chip Kelly's just r- recent career. Obviously he, you know, had some sort of skyrocket from I think it was like New Hampshire or Rhode Island whatever to Oregon. Yeah. Uh puts Oregon on the map, the you know, the fucking fast offense and they're practicing at, you know, one and a half speed like you'd listen to a podcast That's right. and uh you know, basically puts Oregon on the map in in terms of being a football program, NF goes to the NFL, embarrasses himself with the Philadelphia Eagles, um, makes, in my opinion, like I I still stand by Chip Kelly is an unabashed racist, cuts LaShawn McCoy. Yep. No, sorry, cuts Deshaun Jackson, trades, trades LaShawn Le- McCoy for, for Kiko, Kiko Alonzo. Uh Gives a contract extension to Riley Cooper, coming off of an n bomb tirade, and then fights Mike Scott this yeah. weekend. Yeah, flies back to Philly to fight Mike Scott. Three, three guys, two of them black, gone. One of them a racist wide receiver promoted. R- promoted. Two of those three guys still in the league. One guy long gone. Yep. One guy gone for a half of a decade at this point. Goes to the Niners, embarrasses himself. One and done? Was he one and done? I think he was one and done, and now he's at UCLA, second year in, not looking good, and they're going to get just smoked by he's, you Oklahoma know, this week. He's absolutely smoked this weekend, and year two. I would get their I would get at kickoff if I were Utah. I'm actually working. I'm actually angry to not go. Like it's going to be such a bad game. You just want to go to the, the the golf course and, and just, drink some beers,
2: exactly, and some beers, throw some cornhole, some cornhole. Some malted sparkling beverages, perhaps. Um, is that a white claw shout out, maybe. Shout out white claw. Um, but it's just—it's really. This is year two, year three. If it gets to year three, yeah, is when you have your guys. Year one, maybe we understand. We don't. You're, you're playing with another coach's players. There is some reason for forgiveness. Year two. Usually, also you have you kind of load your schedule to to win your first in college football. You're supposed to win your first couple games. Yep. You're going zero two into Oklahoma. Now you're zero three. I, I just don't know. This has got to be it. I mean, he tried he tried commentating. He better during the week. He better be working on his
1: reel. Now you brought up you you should be two and 3 and zero after this weekend if you're a, a major college football program, and that is because early in the year. You, there's there's usually one or two big games each weekend, but by week three, week four, then we go to we go to cupcakes. Then we get our our uh, you know conference schedule going. This week, there is not a single matchup between t- two top twenty five teams. The game of the week on a quick browse of the schedule: Iowa Iowa State. That's the game of the week in college football. It's a two point spread. It's a crosstown rivalry. One of those, Iowa is a top twenty five team. Iowa State is not. There are no top twenty five. Uh that so I wrote this is what I have under college football. Not a single top twenty five matchup. Game of the weeks, Iowa, Iowa State. Fuck college football. Please talk NFL. That's what I have.
2: I'm ready to do that. And I'll just say I'll just say this. I'll give a I'll give a uh a quick forward look. I I heard Andy saying he's off the Jim Harbaugh train. One interesting thing about and i it, it, it relates to the NFL. Jim Harbaugh coached with Greg Roman at the Niners. Gregory, he's Gregory <laughs> he's going by Gregory. Cousin Gregory Roman, he's going by Gregory.
1: Twerks, are you leaving to get me a Rolling Rock? Yeah, you are. That's Gre- my. Greg, that's my intern. Yeah, that's right. That's my intern. But Greg
2: Roman is responsible for building offenses around guys like Kaepernick. You see a lot of the success that they had with the Niners. And now he's engineering the offense behind Lamar Jackson. You see Lamar Jackson go off in week one. So the question needs to be raised, who was really the offensive genius when Harbaugh was with the Niners? Because we still see Harbaugh loving to gr- to gr- do the ground and pound thing. Not a lot of ingenuity in the offense. I will say. So, are this, you?
1: Have you sold your Harbaugh Harbaugh stock as well? I
2: have not. I want to see this year. We still. You know. The other thing I want to say is Harbaugh is a unique guy.
1: He's got his Costco khakis.
2: <laughs> he's, he's got his Costco khakis. He I, has throwback glasses. We need to see him bring in a blue chip quarterback. Can we see him recruit as a guy who played in the NFL, got within one game of the Super Bowl, and has taken a team as a head coach to the Super Bowl? How are we not getting? a five-star quarterback to come in. So let's say, no excuses. Shea Patterson, serviceable quarterback. Can we see someone who is potentially elite? Like Andrew Luck, for example. And let's see what you can do with him. Army, you know, Andy, we jumped off the ship against Army. Army did take Oklahoma to the uh, overtime in uh, Norman last year. And that I, th- I read somewhere that in their games where they're playing top 25 teams, Army, in the last... Twenty games are like hitting it like a seventy-five percent clip against the spread. Like you don't want to play Army. Yeah. And so, having said this, Wisconsin plays Michigan in Madison. Now, as a
1: person who roots for Notre Dame, Army's the first. They go, "Oh, you guys beat Army. Good job."
2: Yeah. Well, Notre Dame plays Michigan in, yeah. uh, in October, so we'll have, we have a chance to solve that and answer that question. Virginia also plays Notre Dame in two weeks, but Michigan plays at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is like has given up, uh, like, zero points in their first two games and scored 120-something points. They're not favored. Wisconsin is an underdog in Wisconsin against Michigan. To me, it feels like everyone is going to be thinking, why is Wisconsin not favored? I'm going to crush Wisconsin. So I look at Michigan to win that game, minus one and a half in Madison in two weeks. Everyone's like, what did we last see? Michigan struggle. They go into Madison. They pull the ups, well, They don't pull an upset. They, they, take it, they get the road win,
1: and they march on to another week. Michigan is favored in every game the rest of the year. Now you mentioned uh, Notre Dame, Michigan. Yep. You mentioned Notre Dame, Virginia. I'm contemplating going to that game. If, you were, if month, you were, to go to that game, I want to do. I need to look. How would you get tickets? Seekik, Seekik. America's number one ticket app. Honestly, I'm going to say it, international number one ticket app. Everybody's favorite ticket app around the world. SeatGeek, obviously, our favorite ticket app here at the Dirty Sports podcast because SeatGeek is kind enough to do a promo code with us at Dirty Sports. It is promo code DIRTY, which will give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I have been looking at tickets for uh, numerous Rams games, and he's out of town this weekend. He's uh, he's on Pretty Catalina, yeah. Uh, Saints at Rams. I was thinking, oh, maybe I uh, maybe I go check out that Saints Rams game at the Coliseum. Uh, last season in the Coliseum was on SeatGeek. I've talked about it before. I'll say it again. My favorite part of SeatGeek. Every seat, they will show you a view from like your that. seat, which, uh, you know, there's not really a bad seat in the Coliseum unless you're up in one of the corners. Like, if you're, if you're a midfield, it doesn't matter if you're in the last row, which I think we've actually sat in the last row. We were pretty close to the last row last year for Chiefs Rams, and it was a fantastic uh, view. So I'm looking at potentially Saints Rams this weekend, but definitely a Rams game coming up. I still haven't been to a Chargers game. Have you been to a Chargers game down I'm there? Not. I really want to go. Yeah, If you guys are out there looking for tickets for your local college football team or your local NFL team, perhaps your baseball team is making an October run, go to SeatGeek, use promo code DIRTY, get $10 off your first ticket purchase. There's over 50,000 five-star reviews for SeatGeek. It's pretty good. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way to find tickets. I do as well. SeatGeek, again, will give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is use our promo code, download the SeatGeek app today, and our promo code DIRTY. SeatGeek! SeatGeek! This Week 2 NFL preview brought to you by SeatGeek. If you love SeatGeek, you're going to love this Week 2 preview. You guys, Tug, you guys have waited long enough. Yeah. We teased we it are. out. We teased it out, and we teased out. But here we are. How did you fare in week one, uh, picking your games? And what? Let, let's do a Tug Coker week one recap before we jump into these week two lines and storylines.
2: Week uh, one was pretty solid because I picked the right games to play. I, you know. There weren't a lot of favorites that covered – Week two is one of my favorite weeks of the year. I'll just say that because it's overreaction week. Right. Everyone looks at week one and says, they're, that team is terrible. I, as a person who likes to bet dogs, I love week two. I think there's a lot of value in a lot of dogs this week. So I was able to – I was shocked by the – I was on the Titans last week at five and a half. Way too many points. Did not think it would be the demolition derby that it was. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But that game and the other game that I really liked was, uh, was the Colts. I liked the Colts, uh, and I, but I think they actually end up pushing or losing, depending on what line you had. Yeah. Because, they got, because the Chargers scored a touchdown yeah. in and, overtime.
1: And, so they, they, it, it ends up being six at the end. I think it was six,
2: yeah. So, so, so before we get to the lines. I did, love the, I did like the Cowboys last week because, not necessarily, I'm usually scared of the Giants. I'll recap this. I like uh, a little hint. I do like the Giants this week, but um, I I, I knew that Kellen Moore's offense would be a problem because it was—it's pretty new. Like it was like a new wrinkle in this rivalry, so that takes time for people to adjust.
1: So, uh, and also, how much of that do you put on? I mean, it's clearly a combo of Kellen Moore' new wrinkle offense and Giants. Defensive backfield, new to the league, new to covering guys. I, they're they're still not new to covering guys. They have not started covering guys. They will hopefully at some point start covering guys. But that was an abomination from their defensive backfield.
2: It wasn't a, It was tough to watch, but I think you know part of you know I do follow a lot of football X's and O's uh, on Twitter, and I think people talk about the, uh, the the cheat code in in football. We, you know, I talked about this before about the rookie quarterback deal. Yep. So this is going to be RIP to the Cowboys. If they don't get it done this year, they're in real trouble. I tweeted out, they'll probably not win a Super Bowl in my lifetime again. Um, The cheat code is play action. You have to play action all the time. The more offenses that play action, I think every team that play action, more than 50% of their plays, won last week. You have to play action. It's just linebackers are ingrained in stopping the run first, which opens up these slants and the other – patterns and that's what's what the Cowboys were doing so often. And I think the Cow and the, the, the Giants just didn't have a chance to see what they were up to. So I think, yeah, the Giants the defense is a work in progress. I agree with you. I listened to what you said on the podcast early in the week. Like I don't think Eli was terrible. I'm I'm excited about the Daniel Jones era though, because he did look good in preseason. Yeah. Um weird misuse of Saquon. Just just like this wasn't a great game. Like yeah. it's just like, throw that game out the window a good game by Dak. Dak played really well, I thought. I'm excited about the second year evolution of Michael Gallup. So, but I think I was going to say this earlier. I think the Giants are probably better than a six win team this year. I think they get, I think the, the Vegas
1: odds is six. I think they get
2: six, maybe seven games this year. I think they're better than, than
1: it. I, I said eight and eight, which is something that uh, as a Giants fan, no one ever, no Giants fan ever thinks the Giants are going eight and eight yeah. because the Giants either go nine and seven, ten. And, no, the Giants are never going to win 12 games. Ever. They're not going to win 12 games. They're, they're going to be a 9-7 and 7 to 11-5 and 5 team, or they're going to be a dumpster fire. Like 8-8 and 8 is almost unheard of from the New York Giants, but that's where I've got them at this year. And spoiler, I like them as well. But before we get into the lines, we have to talk uh, two headlines from the NFL, the, yeah. the main two headlines. First of all, Sam Darnold has mono. Like Andy Ruther. Now, did Andy Ruther contract it from Sam Darnold, or did Sam Darnold contract it from Andy Ruther? Were they at the same party? Yeah. Like, let's get to the bottom Just of a that. a USC party. Is <laughs> like, there a thirty for thirty about Andy and
2: Sam getting mono at the same
1: time? Uh, uh, if I'm not a doctor, uh, technically I'm not a medical doctor. I am a doctor. I do have uh, an internet doctorate, but I uh, I'm not a medical doctor. I believe. Mono you can only get once, correct It's a viral this like you know uh it's a virus basically, and a lot of people get it high school, middle school when they start making out for the first time, swapping bacteria absolutely you catch your case of mono, which begs the question, forget Sam darnold having mono was Sam darnold? a USC quarterback and first round draft pick and is not made out with enough chicks in his life to have mono prior to this? Is this a talk about the smudge on on Popovich's career? I think if you're looking at the Jets going forward, your quarterback didn't catch mono before this? I don't know if that screams alpha to me. First of all, doesn't Josh Rosen get some flack for having a hot tub in his
2: his dorm room? Why does Sam Darnold have a hot tub? Yeah, we should have multiple hot tubs when you're a USC quarterback. The thing I want to say about Sam Darnold is: did he contract mono during the second half of the game? Because they were up last week, sixteen to nothing. Yeah. So, at what point did he get
1: mono? Was it when they started to choke? Yeah. What's (laughs) happening here? So uh, it's it's a very interesting. Did he go? Did he go full Sanchez? Full USC quarterback? Did he eat a bad hot dog on the sideline yeah. at halftime? <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. I don't know where he contracted the mono, but I do know this: their schedule, as you pointed out to me earlier, is brutal.
1: Yeah. So the schedule for the Jets coming up, and and just a reminder to the great Kyle Aronofsky from uh our 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 dirtball from New Jersey, Man. who's a big Jets fan. We yeah. have a, we have a bet on. Uh, a Jets quarterback winning ten games. So to win ten games, you can't lose seven, right? So the the message that I sent you earlier is the Jets schedule: Browns without Browns this week without Darnold, Patriots, a bye, Eagles, Cowboys, Pats, Jags. D- do the Jets start 0-7? They're looking. I mean, they're already look, they're, they're looking at just like
2: seven weeks to the Jags. They're like, how do we get to whatever they, the rookie quarterback's name is from Washington State? I will say this. I don't want to tease what I'm gonna what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna do it anyway.
1: You like the Jets this week. I love the Jets this week. I you love, like the Jets without Darnold. I
2: love the Jets without Darnold. Trevor Simeon can win games, but it really it's not as much about Trevor Simeon and Sam Donald at this point in their career, probably not that much different. But really, to me, it's about Greg Williams being excited to destroy the team that didn't give him a head coaching job and how fun is it going to be when everyone jumped on the Cleveland Browns bandwagon and they start the year 0-2. That's what I see. This is my, it's my crystal ball, guys.
1: Do you the jet do the jets win any of the games pats eagles cowboys pats no
2: and i don't think any of those games that uh, yes i don't think they win any of those games
1: they, they they might win they might have a shot with one of the the, the home game with the patriots all- i will i will uh i'll save it until we get the line but i think the jets lose this week and i think the jets are o and 6 and their first potential win is against the jaguars and Adam Gase will be such... He's already ordering. And honestly, the team that I think they get the best shot against is against your Cowboys. No! Homer away. Uh, you know? That's a great question. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Twerks?
2: you can look that up for us?
1: Um, the other major NFL headline, Antonio Brown, Patriots Antonio Brown, has been charged in a civil suit for sexual assault by a former trainer. What's your take on the... Never-ending tale of Antonio Brown versus the headlines. I think the Andy f- Ruther has already weighed in. He thinks this is a bunk charge. <laughs> There's too many holes. I, I, I see. I don't
2: have the uh, the in-depth yeah uh, knowledge that Andy has on the. Although Andy
1: is an uh, unabashed Antonio Brown defender, has been for years. Uh, I'm still, I need a dirt ball. Too many people are focusing on the episode called Odell Beckham Jr. is a diva. That is not where he said it. But I I am certain that somewhere out there in the last two football seasons, Andy Ruther said Antonio Brown is not a diva. I'm certain that we have that on. I just need somebody to find it. Who will be the person that that pulls Excalibur from the stone? <laughs> <laughs> Who will be the person well, that finds well, the clip where well, Andy yeah. Ruther says, "Where I I force in a conversation about Odell Beckham, Andy Ruther to admit he believes that Antonio Brown is not a diva." I, I challenge you, Dirtballs, to find it. Do not focus on the episode. Odell Beckham is a diva. That is not where it exists.
2: I mean. How many times I mean we we've seen it now, like there was a dip a couple years ago with the ratings in the NFL. It's back up now. It's surging in the NFL. But what are we gonna learn to clearly separate our fandom from these what are just not great people? There's a lot of not great people in sports. And Antonio Brown is a player that I love to watch, but I have to understand that I, he's probably not a great
1: person. I don't know anything about this particular um, that's always case. The, that's always the thing for me you know I like I don't know that I do it on purpose there's there's definitely some homerism as a Giants fan but that's that's the thing that always sets me off and makes me angry is like when the the people who that just take such joy in the trashing of Eli Manning, such joy in the trashing of LeBron James it's like some of these guys are pretty good dudes. Now I know LeBron James is trying and tried to and failed tra- trademark Taco Tuesday. But he got what he wanted, yeah. which is to know that he can't be sued yes. when he says Taco Tuesday. It's a good uh, spin
2: on that. Spin. Yeah.
1: I, by the way, am in a, I've uh, tried to register my own trademark. I am trying to trademark happy hour. Happy hour meaning the hour post work where you go to the bar yeah. and you drink at cut rate prices. That's a cool. I have idea. trademarked Happy Hour, so we'll good see how that. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I figure if LeBron can get taco, can take a shot at Taco <laughs> Tuesday, Joe Prano Happy Hour TM. Um, but like people always taking shots at the good guys, and then you know they they they're coming to defense under Kobe's Instagram trolling of a seven year old or Antonio Brown's. Uh like I saw somebody in under an Antonio Brown rape joke yesterday with a there's no proof that Ben Roethlisberger, did I'm like I'm like Ben Roethlisberger caught try to catch two cases. <laughs> he's got he's got he's got the bathroom and he's got the Tahoe uh T V repair.
2: It it makes me think about uh, a couple points. One, obviously Antonio Brown has some things that he's working working on, working out. But what are the Patriots – I mean, the Patriots have obviously shown they're doing anything to win. They'll do anything right. to win. But, you, but again, I'm curious that someone – maybe Belichick doesn't care. He's like, just give me the best Show me player. a
1: roster that doesn't have a rapist on it, Tug. That's right. Yourteamrapes.com. <laughs> you want a list of sexual assaults? Roster by roster? Check out yourteamrapes.com. I just bought it. Really? Yes. Yourteamrapes.com. For, you think the Patriots are the only team that rape? Yourteamrapes.com.
2: Maybe there's some karma. Ty- Tyreek is, is free to play, got hurt week yep. one.
1: I don't know if there's some karma involved there. Who knows? Does Antonio Brown, like, is this is this Randy Moss to the Pats? Is Antonio Brown a record setting receiver of the Patriots going 16 and now? The Patriots so. defense is pretty fucking good. Really
2: good. Really good. You know what? I, this is the last. I used to be an, an abashed, unabashed oh, Patriots hater and somewhere along the line I just started to turn not, not necessarily hate them but I don't care about Tom Brady but I sort of respect their organization and the way they do things like I think Andy and you and I were on a text chain about like how Andy was all uh, you know in disbelief that like that, that this but it had been in the works you know the yeah. Patriots and Antonio Brown had conceived this as a long con and my feeling is as I said in the text like if you're a general manager who wanted Antonio Brown and you didn't do this, then you should be fired.
1: Like You're saying, basically, unless you were tampering, you're not you, doing your you, job. Exactly. You better be
2: tampering. And you just pay a fine. Like the Lakers or whatever. Just pay the fine if you, you want to win. So the Patriots have this, you know, they just don't care. they figured out every little loophole. And I, I, I've gone from hating it to sort of quasi-respecting it. I don't know. I don't know how. I'm not saying I'm a fan of the Patriots. I won't root for the Patriots. I think the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs and the Eagles Super Bowl. I still think the Chiefs find a way to get it done this year. They should have got it done last year. D. Ford jumping off sides. But um, I just—it's this team is
1: ridiculous. Yeah. We are going to go to the week two lines. Yeah. Twerks is over here in the intern booth. Twerks, I'm going to turn you on, and I'm going to keep you on. For the remainder of the episode, now twerks. This is going to be the most work you've ever done on the Dirty Sports Podcast. Uh, I taught you. You know, Andy Ruther has a thing. He loves to criticize interns. He also loves to. He also loves to not teach interns anything at all about the process of the Dirty Sports Podcast. I came here today and asked twerks if he knew how to set up the lights, and he said no. Andy has never let me do that. If you're running a production. And your intern isn't setting up the fucking lights. You don't have an intern. Taurus is just basically here for the free drinks. Let me just say this.
2: My wife and I uh, like co-own and operate a wine bar, and wine shop. And the number one rule for us is we want to be able to walk away from the, the establishment and have it run as if we weren't there. If you don't have people helping you, Doing your job while you're in Catalina, you don't have a job.
1: I, like the idea that <laughs> I came here today and we had a we had a misfire on the live stream because I'm setting it up and I'm doing like why am I doing this? Yep, I'm talent. I agree. There's above the line and below the line. Correct. Twerks is below the line. He doesn't know how to set up the fucking lights. And by the way, that's not Twerks' fault. No, 100%. that's not Twerks' fault. That's the director's CEO. fault. That's yeah. the CEO's fault. It's the executive producer of the show's fault that you don't know how to set up lights. So I'm going to, chal- I'm going to do something that Andy Ruther never does. I'm going to challenge the intern to step up his game. What your job is for the remainder of the show is you are going to give us the game. You're going to give us the line. You're going to tell us who's home and away, and you're going to give us Andy Ruther's pick. You are Andy Ruther in this scenario. You're going to give us his pick for the game, we're going to give you ours. then you're also going to write down who we picked in the, in each game. See this is the speech. This is, is this the something speech. that you, can, you think that you can handle. Absolutely. Okay. This is the speech I wish Kobe am I turned on. Yeah, okay. This is the speech I, w- I wish Kobe were have given on? to the, the basketball I mean, I
2: player now. dancer, yeah. you know? but don't don't dehumanize
1: this person. Give yeah, inspire. you inspire can, you know. You can lead an intern to water. There's something, there's some phrase that goes something like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you can't teach them to give lines. Uh, Let's go 16 and 0. You're going to, you're going to basically, you're basically running the show at this point. Twerks, week two lines,
0: twerks with Wolves, you're on. Where are we starting? We're going to start with uh, Bucks Panthers Thursday night game tonight. The Thursday night game tonight. So we got Bucks uh, are at the Panthers. Uh, Panthers are the favorite, and the line is minus six and a half. Minus six and a half. Six and a half is very big.
1: Who did Andy Ruther take in this game? Uh, Ruther chose the Bucks. Ruther's got the Bucks. God. Six and a half point line. I have sold my Panther stock, as I have said. I am off Cam Newton. Oh, man. But this is tough because it's also a Jamarcus Winston game. So two quarterbacks that I never owned very much stock in. I owned a little bit of Cam Newton stock back in the day. I, As I said about Cam Newton when we were doing the many versions of the Russell Wilson debate, that if Cam Newton had had the Legion of Boom. And, and my point was Cam Newton also not incredible quarterback. Like I've never been super high on Cam. And it was, oh, well, Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl. And people are like, Saying I'm a Cam Newton fan now because I said, "Well, if you gave him a defense a la the Legion of Boom, he could go fucking undefeated." Which, when he had a good defense, he nearly did. He went fifteen and one and made the Super Bowl. Choked in the Super Bowl, um, and has been wearing shitty hats ever since. Last week was very unusual. Yeah, like he's had some choices bonnet, for his hats, but I do bonnet. not understand. He looks like I'm a beekeeper. <laughs> I don't get it.
2: That one I don't get. That was like a person who had mono in the nineteenth century. It's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, walking yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you look like he was like fucking out of Africa. <laughs> um so we've got uh Panthers six and a half point favorites at home. Thursday night game. Thursday night games, usually a dud. Yep. Um usually a usually a a slight advantage to the home team. Who do you have in this in this first game? I,
2: mean, I really just want to fade Andy Ruther across I, the board. Yeah, I know it's yeah. really tough. It's but-
1: it seems like the answer.
2: I have, a, I have a thing up here, and I'll give it to you guys. Every week, the week before games are played, Vegas releases something called the look-ahead line. So it's basically a look-ahead. You get a chance to look at the lines before they're influenced by the, the week two. Wait, let's say, for instance, the, the, the games are played for week one. They'll release week two. Last week, before week one was played, Panthers were minus four and a half. So we're getting two points of value just because Tampa Bay looked awful. Yeah, for that alone, I gotta take the Bucks because I just like value. I'm a value better, and I'll take the six points in a divisional game. Maybe the short week is a chance for the, for Jameis or Jamarcus to have a short memory and, and Bruce Arians and get them pumped up, and they can score some points to keep the the, the game within six. Take the
1: Bucks. I want to fade Andy Ruther, and I have, as I said, sold all of my Cam Newton stock, but I never owned any Jamarcus Winston stock. I have been on the Jamarcus Winston is a gigantic bust from day one. At the Nothing has told me he was a bigger bust than Hard Knocks with the Tampa Bay Bucks, where he just seems like literally the team rolls their eyes. Every time he opens his mouth, he's not a leader. I am going with the Panthers simply for one man and one man only, not Cam Newton, but Christian Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey has the welcome to the national spotlight game. You know, everybody who's a fantasy owner knows about Christian McCaffrey, but the the casuals, as they call it, who will be watching a nationally televised game will get a full serving of Christian McCaffrey. I also think a lot of people, for some reason, and I'm not sure what it is, are desperate to hang on to the Cam Newton Panthers um, that they're like, I don't know how you trash. I still think Cam lives on the border of good and great. And I think he resides there with Russell Wilson in a home. There's a there's a border town, and you know maybe Russell's north of the wall, and and Cam's just south of it. But they live in the same board, They live on in the same border town. What size pizza? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're both they're both large cheeses. <laughs>
2: yeah. They're like yeah. L- they're like large. No thin, works. They're like there. large thin crusts.
1: Yeah. You know. Like thin crust largest. They're like, you're not even really that full after it. There's no toppings whatsoever. Like if you showed up to a party, if you showed up to a party of people, more than five people, and you only brought a single large thin crust, people will be like, what? Like, we're gonna have to order more pizza. Yeah. Um, I'm going the Panthers to win and cover, and everybody stays on wrongly, the Cam Newton Panthers. Bandwagon as like a team that they won't lie. Uh, there's a, like I've never heard of somebody that gets more excuses than Cam. It's always like, well he's hurt, well his receivers are terrible, well you know, uh, this even oh Luke, Keele. it's like ev- the the excuses that get rolled out for Cam Newton. I mean, I I got blocked by Mike Freeman last year because Mike Freeman was saying Cam Newton MVP candidate, MVP candidate. He did get hurt last year, and he he still he gets hurt all the time because he's a tailback.
2: It looks like there's some residual effects. He didn't throw a ball over 15 yards in the game last week. Yeah, but they did still hang tough against you know it looks to be a, a, a still healthy and stout Rams team. So I see I see why you're going that way. I'm just I, I like to bet on the junk, but junk better. So I will take the Bucks. One thing I will say, uh, a great follow on Twitter is Scott Barrett. Uh, who writes for Pro Football Focus, I believe. And he has a great nickname. Nerd! Yeah, he's a nerd. (laughs) he's awesome. He has a great nickname for Christian McCaffrey, um, which I would like to catch on. Derry Sanders.
1: Derry Sanders. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think it's pretty solid. Twerks! What's our second game of the week?
0: Second game is Patriots at the Dolphins. Uh, Patriots, obviously the favorite huge line here the line is uh, patriots at minus minus eighteen and a half.
1: Eighteen and a half. Eighteen this,
0: and this, a half. half 18
1: and a by the way it's a s- twerket it away in on the, the game skyrocket yes or no uh,
0: uh it's, it depends It kind of goes we'll
1: get twerk we'll
0: we'll get, twer- <laughs> it we'll, we'll get afc west takes yeah yeah okay. uh, who does andy have for this uh, oh sorry andy has the patriots has oh the i love it ring. good
1: finally okay let me just give <laughs> a couple
0: let me, let me give a stat that i uh, and this game is where this game is um, at the dolphins
2: Here's a stat. A reason why, like my hatred for the Patriots is has lessened, and I've kind of appreciated their their malleability to do whatever it takes to win. They're not like a, there, there's no system. The system is we'll we'll figure out ways to beat you. Case in point, last you know there, everyone talks about um, personnel groups like the twelve personnel is basically one running back. Two tight ends. Yep. And that's, the, that's a predominant way to win in the league right now. Everyone's going two tight end sets. With Gronk last year, they did a, a, uh, more. Last night, or Sunday night, they didn't do it at all. They used a 20 personnel, which is two running backs and zero tight ends and three wide receivers on 23 plays against the Steelers. That's the most by any team since 2016. By the way, and they use that just to finish that note. They use that personnel, the twenty personnel, eight times all last season. So that's what's cool about the Patriots It's like we, we don't care about what we did to win right, the Super Bowl. Right. We're gonna do whatever it is to win this game. Yeah, that's that's awesome from a football standpoint. That's awesome to watch.
1: By the way, I've been I've been trying to say this is like I feel like Bill Belichick is doing what Mike D'Antoni did for me in basketball, which is like I was saying. For years, even as a, as a young player, I'm like, I mean, I don't understand the mid-range game. Why would I stop when I could just keep going? Like, yeah. I could just keep going to the basket. Yep. Why would I stop here and take a shot that is harder for me to make than a layup? Now, obviously, I will shoot from outside because it's worth 150% of the points. But uh, now that's where the game's going. I have been a proponent, and I don't know why more teams don't do it, especially when teams have a lot of teams are going running back by committee. I think the next iteration of this twenty offense is shotgun split running backs next to you because the screen game is everything these days. Screen this way, screen that way, flare guys out. Um, As especially as a Giants fan, when you have a guy like Barkley out there, like how do you defend Barkley lined up next to a quarterback and say your tight end in the backfield and Evan Engram on the other side of your quarterback? The, in there to pass block, in there to pick up a blitz if need be, come out on the screen. Um, I like Belichick going with the no tight end, two running back look. I think he's as he always is ahead of the game.
2: Yeah, maybe that's you know who knows that might be like, you know just for that particular game, but you know they have James White is such an asset in the in the the, the passing game. I think he had over 100 yards both rushing and passing because they they get a matched up with a linebacker. Yeah, it's just not. That's basically the key to the NFL these days. It's like, what do we get your mismatch?
1: Now you heard the line, and you heard Andy Ruther's picks and you were salivating because you're still taking the Dolphins. I am still taking the Dolphins. <laughs> so, all this, uh, having said all this, it doesn't matter. It's a week to week thing. I believe in
2: overreactions. They got the, the the Ravens destroyed the the Dolphins. The Dolphins are asking player. Dolphin plans are asking for, to be traded. Yeah. However, the coach of the 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 coach of the Dolphins. Brian Flores. I want to, what's yep. his, name? his name? Flores. He wants to lose, obviously. They want to tank for Tua. But there is still some pride. Former Patriots coach. He doesn't want to get blown out by his mentor. Also, Patriots have really struggled in Miami the last seven years. I think they've lost six of seven there or something. I don't, I don't know what the exact number is. Really struggled. They lost last year in the miracle play. Yep. The look-ahead line for that game was – is. Ready for this? Eleven. Yeah. There's seven points of value. I hear. I'm hearing it's moving to 19 in some places. I'll take set, a, an extra touchdown of value all day long. There's got to be some pride for the Dolphins. Some familiarity with the Patriots. They can lose by 17 and they still cover. I got to go with the Dolphins here.
1: I'm going with the Patriots, and I don't think that. Uh, the Patriots with Antonio Brown come out and score all the points that they did against... Do you think he plays? Uh, Yeah, I think he plays. And um, I just think... I I just don't know how this Dolphins team scores any points against uh, this, this Patriots defense. And also, it seemed like with Belichick, it seemed like he really didn't want the Steelers to score a touchdown in that game. And I'm almost thinking, and like, I hate. It's true. They call I, it timeout. And I love they would yeah, like a prevent. Yeah. I, 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 was, I only, I believe like, I do not believe in revenge. Brady. I, I don't think that's a thing. I think Brady is the ultimate. And this is a compliment. I've always said that this is a compliment. I think mean, he's the ultimate system quarterback. I think he's a guy who shows up, does, knows who the genius is. It's why he's always taking fucking less money. It's why he's always playing ball. Uh, He's just showing up and doing his job. And Bill Belichick, I believe in revenge, Belichick though, and I believe that Bill Belichick has heard the, oh my, every time you guys go to Miami, this is I think Belichick going like, oh, we can't fucking win in Miami. I think he's going to put the clamps on Miami, which is basically putting the clamps on themselves. So double clamped. I'm going like with like you know a twenty four three win. Um, I'm taking the Patriots to cover. So we're we're split. We're zero and two uh, on our same picks already. Which I think is great. Yeah, that's what the fans at home want. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll come
0: together because we've already previewed a couple of them. Twerks, what's game three? Also, real quick though, just a Tuck's point. I looked that up. Patriots are one and five in their last visits to Miami. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, game three, we have the Cardinals going to Baltimore to face the Ravens, and the line is uh, at the Ravens minus thirteen and a half.
1: 13.5, and, and Ruther's got. Ruther has the Cardinals. Cardinals. Look ahead line here.
2: <laughs> was nine. Look ahead, Tug. Nine and a half. Yeah. It tells you so much because everyone is, you know, public perception is the blowout against the Dolphins. Yeah. The Dolphins are, are terrible. We just yeah. stated this. Yes. You know, and so congrats to Lamar, who was my favorite player to pick in fantasy, by the way, and he's proving us all right. Week one, don't overreact. Um, that's correct. You might get you might get hurt. Yeah. And then RG three is going to come in and have an incredible year. But no, I believe in Lamar. Um, nine and a half. It's now thirteen and a half. Is that right, Twerks? Yeah. This is a game that I would I would lay off. I don't have a real feel for this game. I wouldn't I wouldn't be active on it. Um, it's it's in Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So Arizona's got to travel. East one o'clock game, tough defense for Kyler Murray, who who struggled in the first half before they really started to literally air it out with the with the air raid. Um, I don't know. I'm torn. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Ravens on this because the Raven because Andy Ruther took the Cardinals, but also think like 14 is a number I think that's attainable with a defense that's very stout. And I think it could be like a twenty four ten, twenty seven ten game.
1: I've got, you know, uh, you've got Derry McCaffrey, Derry Sanders, Derry Sanders. I've got uh, a, a Kyler Murray nickname that I'm rolling out right now, and I will be using excessively from here on out. Backdoor Murray. This is Murray. Murray has fucking backdoor cover written all over him for eternity. He's going to lose every game of his NFL career and he'll cover all of them because he'll be down 40 points and then he'll go on weird fucking backdoor runs to pull within 13 and a half. Uh, I don't think this is a good game. I think that the Ravens win it. And I don't, and I, at no point do I think that anybody thinks that the Cardinals do win it. And here comes Backdoor Murray. It's, uh, they it could be a fucking porn series. Backdoor Murray, backdoor cover. I'm going with the Cardinals. That's
2: what Matt Stafford used to do. And Matt Stafford got Matt Stafforded.
1: Yeah. Last week. But,
2: I, you know, for years and years, I always thought Matt Patricia was the reason the Patriots were winning the Super Bowls. Not really. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his, his so far his tenure with the Patriots is, or sorry, the, yeah, the Lions, Lions has been a disaster.
1: Less less than stellar. I mean, and, you can't lose that game. Yeah. You cannot
2: lose that game last week.
1: And they didn't, but they may as well have.
2: Well, they should have won the game. They yeah. they were up the entire you game. You can't, can't not win two, that game.
1: Yeah. yeah, you can't not win that you game. You play
2: to not tie the exactly. game. Exactly. So I, I have a lot of problems giving up 13 and a half, but I'm going to do it because uh, because Andy is on the card. <laughs> Game
1: four, it works.
0: Game four, we have the 49ers at the Bengals, and the line is for the Bengals at minus two. Andy chose the Niners. Ruther's got the Niners going into Cincinnati and essentially
1: <laughs> upsetting him He just hates the Bengals. He yeah. just
2: hates them so much.
1: The the did the Bengals game against uh, the Seahawks give you any sort of feeling that the Bengals are a team that could do anything in this NFL season? Because no. I think a lot of people have the Bengals as being right there with the Dolphins as potentially one of the worst teams in football.
2: Well, my, everyone that I that I follow or listen to said the Seahawks the defense is not great this year, and we saw that with. Andy Dalton throwing up 400-plus yards passing against them. The problem is they only scored 20 points.
1: Right. His, his touchdown maker is out once His touchdown
2: maker is out. I, I am a shareholder of Tyler Boyd in some fantasy leagues. You know, John Ross kind of pulled an undertaker and rose from the dead. Yep. To have a, a great game. Mixon's a little banged up, so Gio Bernard may be getting the start this week. Um, I am... The Niners are staying in Ohio this week. They played in Tampa last week. They stay in the Midwest, East Coast, stay in Ohio. I still think the Cincinnati Bengals win this game. I'm going to take the small line. I don't know why the Niners are favored in this game.
1: No, the Bengals are favored by two. Correct? Bengals are two-point favorites.
2: That's a a flip from last week. The look-ahead was the Niners minus two-and-a-half changes my whole outlook. <laughs> I'm going to I'm still going to go with the Bengals. Bengals minus 2. Take the Bengals.
1: I'm with you. I'm on Bengals uh to win and cover. I apologized to the 49ers uh, and their fans last week for picking against them uh, against JaMarcus Winston. I regret that. I don't think that I don't think the Jimmy G train has left the station yet. I don't think that, you know, we're gonna see a Niners team that starts to compete in this division quite yet. Um I, I think that they are building something nice out there. Uh I believe in their slow build, but um I picked against you guys last week and I apologize. So I'm sorry, I'm doing it again. I'm taking the Bengals to cover at home uh in, in Cincy. Too much chili for the Niners this week. Oh, they're yeah. they're bloated. They're, They're there. They're having the
0: skyline. It's terrible for you. So, what do we got, Twerks? All right. Next game we got is the Chargers going to Detroit to face the Lions. And the line is for the Chargers at minus two and a half. And Ruther chose the Chargers.
1: Two and a half point Chargers favorite in Detroit. Got a home dog here, Matt Patricia. I mean, I don't even think it's a question. I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking, a, I'm taking the Chargers to cover. No, I'll take the Lions.
2: I'll take the Lions, and here's why: Matt Patricia is an amazing coach. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: he's the reason the Patriots have won all their Super Bowls. Um, I mean, do you think the Lions win this game? I do. You think the Lions win this game? I do. It's a Tug Coker money line pick of the week. No, it's not. Not even close. <laughs>
2: this game, I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch the Bengals game. I wouldn't touch this game if I had to. But I will. I'll take the Lions because of what i just said like it feels like the value it's a trap it feels like a trap i the chargers are just a, t- a tough team to to invest in like i
1: no, i agree i agree wholeheartedly uh, yeah. um but i think two and a half against they, the, they the lowly get, lions f- i know exactly yeah but, a
2: but field goal game we see the chargers struggle on the road sometimes if there's any defensive pressure that's probably the offensive line is Achilles' heel for the Chargers this year. You're going to see Hunter Henry's out for an indeterminate amount of time. You're going to see quick passes kills
1: that kill Stephen A. Smith. He loves him. Do you, do you remember last year when he was talking about Hunter Henry? Oh, yeah, and like yeah. The, he was playing he, as a twenty-two. He, yeah, he been, had been, oh, been out. He had been out for seventeen full weeks. I think like I don't know how they stop Hunter Henry. Well, he's <laughs> he's been in, He's been inactive for sixteen weeks.
2: Uh, Eckler. Eckler's so good, like it really hurts Melvin Gordon, right? You can't ask for money when Eckler's going out there just balling out. Yeah, but having said all that, this feels like the Lions
1: are going to get this win, and the Chargers are going to be one and one. You know, again, I'm a Philip Rivers fan. I think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I want the Chargers to be good. I want there to be excitement around the Chargers. I love that the Chargers are going full time yellow face masks. This is this is a fucking huge uniform bump for the Chargers, but. To me, the Chargers, if there's ever a team of the playbook, just inc- look incredible. Everybody's on the Chargers bandwagon. Phillip Rivers lets them down in the end. And, you know, and Eli Manning sits back with his two Super Bowl rings and his feet up and laughs about that draft and laughs about anybody that ever slides in and says, oh, the Chargers won that trade and blah, blah, blah. And i I just think that this... It, the the blueprint is out there again for the Chargers to go into the playoffs, and everybody's like, "Oh, this Chargers team, this is it. This is the Chargers team, fourteen and two. Um, I think Chargers win in cover. I just can't. It, I, for a two and a half point line, I'm basically saying if I'm picking the dog, I think they're winning the game, and I don't. I can't. I can't see the Lions beating the Chargers, so I'm going. I'm going the former San Diego Chargers. Here's the thing, like.
2: Usually the the home game, uh, the home team is – home field advantage is generally six points. So you're saying that the Chargers are eight and a half points better at home than the, the Lions? I would take the Lions in that matchup every time. So I, I, this, by that alone, I think i got to take
1: – Well, it'd be – Okay. I, see what, you're, I, so I, see, I see what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So –
2: the Lions should be one and zero. They got they got they're getting uh, you know dinged because they weren't able to finish the deal. The Chargers, I watched the entire game. But the the Colts should have won that game. Vanderjet missed Vanderjet Vander, um missed two field goals and an extra point. Game should be over. Yeah, Colts should have won that game.
0: What we got next? Next game we got is the Vikings at the Packers. Uh, the Packers are favored at minus three. And Ruther chose the Vikings.
1: Ruther's on the Vikes. Yep,
0: I'll take the Packers on this game.
1: I'm taking the Packers. I'm on the Packers. I'm on the Packers for one reason and one reason alone. Not Mike McCarthy. Who's the coach of the Packers? Not Mike McCarthy. That's that's my that's my season outlook on the on the Vikings. We made money on the Vikings for everybody that's following the new Joe Prano three picks a week on Instagram at Joe Prano on Instagram. The big money last week. I split the Rams. Game and I split the uh, Fitzpatrick more completions than Lamar Jackson and we still came out plus one fifty because we took the money line Packers. I'm taking the Packers to win at home. I don't. I, first of all, if the Packers defense plays as well as they played last week, and I also I just don't think that the I just I don't think the Vikings are better than the Bears. And I know everybody's high on the V. Vi- I think I think this is the Vikings overreaction line three. Come on, I'm going with the I'm going with the Packers.
2: I have to agree. You know, I saw a a crazy stat um, just to start the year. Um, It's an approximation, but, like, that the Vikings have given up 26 passing touchdowns in the past two years. Most teams do that in one year. Their their defense is legit. Yeah. I still think the Packers are figuring out this Lafleur offense. They did not look great on Thursday night. I'm sure there's, some they're, but
1: they're also playing the Bears defense. Not a lot of teams do look good against well, the Bears I, defense. I,
2: I think the Bears defense and the Vikings defense are very comparable. I guess yeah. so that's my point. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be like one of these shootouts that you hope for with Aaron Rodgers. When it's there's so many games in Lambeau in the early start of the year when it's like warm out, and he comes out and just torches people. I just don't think we're there yet. So no. I think we see like a 17-10 game, but at three points you got to take. Um, three. It's three, right? Three. Gotta take the Packers.
0: All right. Next up, we have the Jags at the Texans, and the line. The Texans are favored at minus nine. Ruther chose the Texans.
1: There's. Is there any sort of uh, w- w- what's his name? Minshew. Yeah, Garrett Minshew. Garrett Minshew. Yeah. Washington State Cougars. I know CT. Uh, mustache, yeah. CT has a mustache, has, CT Joe. He has rented a a Mustang from his own enterprise, and he's he's driving the Garrett Minshew bandwagon around the Pacific Northwest. But uh, I look, I liked this Jags team with Foles, but a week two first start matchup, and I think that the Texans are riding as high as any team could. Following a loss, like I, f- I feel like the Texans probably feel great about the loss in New Orleans. Uh, you know, back and forth, but you know they hung with a perennial contender. Watson looked great. I'm I'm on I'm on the Houston Texans. Watson is so much fun to watch. Yeah, it's unbelievable how much fun he is. And then
2: they added like the the added Kenny Stills, which is. Uh, just a nice little third option. Yeah. Fuller's healthy. Fuller's, whenever being. Fuller's healthy, he's just, he's just great. Hop catches everything. Yep. Even Carlos Hyde looked pretty good. And uh, so you have a, a two-headed monster with Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. Like, that offense is good. Um, I'm going to take the Jags here um, for one reason. I'm, two reasons, actually. I do think it's a letdown spot for the Texans. I think it is hard to come up from that game. I think they got their, their, their heart ripped out from, from the game one, so I do think it's a little sluggish. And they probably take this game a little bit for granted. They think they got, oh, we got a second stringer coming in. We should win this game. The look-ahead line was three points. Are you telling me that Nick Foles is worth six points of value from Minishu, who was like 21 for 22, one of the best uh, games that a, a, a rookie quarterback or a backup quarterback has ever played? Granting it was against a weak Chiefs defense. I love Fournette this year. I like the familiar, f- familiarity of the teams. I'm going to take the Jacksonville
1: Jaguars plus nine. All right, hard, for me, hard for me when you make that pitch not to go against Andy Ruther, which is really the deciding factor here, but I'm going. I've already made my bed. No. I will sleep in it. It
2: is a podcast. I could just say, uh, uh, what, what's Andy going? I'm going to go the opposite.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, next game we got is the Bills at the Giants. And the Bills are favored at minus one and a half. Bills
1: will play. We already know what we're doing here. Yeah, we Bills, already know. Bills, Bills play they their first.
0: Uh, Ruther took the Giants.
1: Oh, no, no. He's killing us. Oh. He's killing us. I'm t- I am hate. Well, I, I don't hate picking the Giants. But I didn't think that there'd be any. Uh, I didn't think there'd be a ton of Giants uh, in my three picks of the week on Instagram at Joe Payne on Instagram for my three picks of the week. But this giants game really wants to sneak in there because giants at home. Like I just, I could just see this as being the, the bills offense isn't even the Cowboys offense. So I don't think that they're going to just torch a giants defense. And if there's one thing that, uh, pat Shermer maybe takes away from week one is people criticizing 10 touches for barkley 10 10 you're gonna give him 10 touches 10 i think he gives him 25 touches and i just think that this could be the saquon barkley show saquon barkley i'm taking saquon barkley minus one and a half over the buffalo bills
2: I can't wait to see a prop bet maybe on uh joe prano on instagram yeah with like- with Saquon Barkley. I mean, the, the Bills are good. The Bills are an improved team this year, and their defense is legit. And I think the Giants
1: win it outright.
2: Did you know? This is a fantasy stat. The Buffalo Bills gave out, they, they, quarterback scored the fewest points against the Buffalo Bills last year than any other defense. Very stout with passing. So you, I think I agree with you. We're to see Saquon show out on Sunday. But my feeling is maybe. And I don't know how you have to tell me as a person from the New York area does a little brother get up for a game like this? Do they want?
1: Is is do they want to own the state of New York? Do they care the Bills? Well, the Bills have uh, I believe their first four games in the state of New York. They're Jets last week. They're at Giants. So there's they the Bills don't even leave the Meadowlands. Yeah. And then uh, I believe two home games in Buffalo. I'm not sure. Has there ever been a four team? of of four consecutive weeks in the same state. I'm sure it's happened in California. Uh, but the, the, the Buffalo bills don't have to leave New York, but I, I think they leave the metropolitan area with an L on them this week.
2: I, I'm going to take the giants. Oh man. I should just really fade Andy automatically. Um,
1: I need you here because if you fade Andy, then it's just me and Andy on an Island. Yeah. And then I right,
2: for the good for 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 the good of humanity. gonna yeah. go Giants! Thank here. you, I appreciate it. Um,
1: I'd like to see a little bit more improved
2: offense, but I think like I always like to take teams when they go on national TV and don't look their best. And the Bills sh- came out with a win last week; should have lost, so it just seems like an opportunity to take the Giants.
0: All right, next up we have the Seahawks at the Steelers, and the Steelers are favored at minus four and a half.
1: And Andy took the Seahawks.
0: Ruther took the Seahawks.
1: Ruther took his boy, Russell Wilson, who somebody caught a, by forever last night, Dustonian, you Russian bot you. You've been in my mentions for God knows how many years with your robotic, nonsensical conspiracy theories. But when he actually doubled down on his claim last night, he he, he believed this. He believed that the Seattle Seahawks offensive line is truly five guys who are elite run blockers and incompetent pass blockers. That's what he thought the problem. That's why Russell Wilson, that's that's how the Seahawks managed to always have a dominating run game. And Russell Wilson gets sacked third most in the league last year, despite being the 20th in attempts in the league. That was his theory. His theory is they have put together a five-man... They have found five separate men from across the universe that are all elite run blockers and horrific pass blockers. Uh, my theory, of course, is that Russell Wilson holds the ball too long and not that they have found five men who are only good at one aspect of blocking. That's my theory. But he doubled down on that, and so he caught the bye forever. Destonian. Oh. Bye forever. I uh, th- It's my new rule this year. I will not put up with idiocy. My I will not not be concentrating on actually watching the games because I'm dealing with idiocy. And if you believe that the Seattle Seahawks issue run to pass is that they only draft and start guys who are competent, not competent, but elite in one aspect of blocking and horrific in the other, who are these people and how do they find them? So who who we looking? So I uh, it's in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh coming off of the big loss. I want to take Seattle in this game. What is it? What's the line? Four and a half? Four and a half. Four and a half is tough. It seems like it should be a three or three and a half point game. I agree. It's tough for me. Ah, God. I want to take Seattle, but Ruther's on Seattle. Big Ben's great at home. But then am I... Am I... I'm taking Pittsburgh. I'm taking Pittsburgh to bounce back off of New England. I'm taking... if, If... Andy Dalton's throwing for 400 yards against the Seahawks. What's Big Ben doing? It's tough because Russell would love to backdoor this. Four and a half's big, but I'm going I'm going Pittsburgh.
2: I'm going Pittsburgh as well. I like Pittsburgh in this spot. The look-ahead line was three and a half, which feels more right. Four and a half feels like a lot. So people are put, actually putting money on the Steelers after seeing what they saw on Sunday Night Football. That, to me, is interesting. Um. Everyone knows Belichick is designs their defense to take away their best player Juju had an okay game not great, but also anytime even though the chiefs came in and beat them a couple years ago in Foxboro like Belichick owns the Steelers yeah owns them and Tomlin is just you know not good enough to to make any adjustments Tomlin is
1: w- one of the if not the most overrated coach in the NFL
2: we've talked about this before you and I, but I feel like this is a game where it's like you know what we're playing against a defense that's not as good, not as well-coached as the Patriots. The Seattle Seahawks are still working out what their offensive identity is. It sounds like they're elite run blockers and incompetent pass blockers. But And they found five of them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hearing on the street. But I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in a get-right game for Big Ben. Um, and I think it's one of those games where I think we see a lot of points in this game.
1: By the way, I could absolutely see the Seahawks winning this game. I'm not touching this game. I would never bet any money on this game, but I just I I I agree. I think it's a bounce back game. If 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 the Seahawks had managed to lose that game against the Bengals, this is a different story, but I think the Seahawks being 1 and 1 after 2 weeks seems right to me. I the, beating, you know, having a close game against the Bengals at home and then going into Uh, Pittsburgh and and upsetting Steelers, you know, it could happen. I just don't. Also a
2: one o'clock game, which is surprising to me because it feels like two pretty good like nationally recognized teams. It feels like a 425 game or something like that, but maybe the early game is just a you know, a a small small advantage for the the Steelers too.
0: Twerks! Next game is the Colts at the Titans. Titans are favored at minus three. Titans! And Ruther chose the Titans.
1: Ruther likes the Titans. Ooh. Uh, Ruther was on Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. He liked what he saw from the Titans. Is this an Andy Ruther overreaction from the Browns blowout game? Are the are the Titans at all for real in terms of winning that division?
2: I'm gonna go with the Titans here. I know I I I wavered on this one. This is a tough one for me. Um uh, because I watched the entire – I'm a Jacoby Brissett apologist. I think he actually is solid. And he played really well last week. He, he was not the reason they lost last week. Ebron drops a wide-open touchdown in the end zone. You know, Venateri misses two field goals on an extra point. They should have come out here 1-0. Um, but they did – last week, 17, last year, Colts versus Titans. Winner gets into the playoffs. This is a little bit of a bit of a revenge game for the Titans. Titans didn't play great against the
1: Browns. Don't let that don't let the score fool you. Yeah, the Browns shot themselves. Yes, in the foot they repeatedly. weren't great. The, but I the feel- Browns unloaded an AR-15 into their foot. They did.
2: They really did. I think I'm not. I'm not a believer. I want, I wanted to believe in Mariota. I really wanted to. I'm still not there yet. But they. Trying to get Derrick Henry involved, he caught a, lo- I mean, a long screen for a touchdown. Tr- looks like they're making some subtle changes to the offense. To me, it's just enough. Against my desire to go with Andy, I'm going to go with the, the the Titans here.
1: I'm also going with the Titans. I, by the way, people have accused me of sort of, you know, throwing Jacoby Brissett out. immediately and and my only uh, he did look solid and I I think he could look solid and that's great my only Brissett, uh you know attack was the trade Eli Manning to the Colts right now because what what I what I said and what I stand by is you're not winning the Super Bowl with Jacoby Brissett. you're not meanwhile if you told me this year that they're coming in with a healthy Andrew Luck and I go well the defense is a little bit is going to be continue to improve that offensive line. I mean, Quentin Nelson is Quentin Nelson's the only he he's the first ever like playmaker I've seen on an offensive line. You saw, you saw that block. He just just yeah. actually de-cleated somebody last yeah. week. Yeah. like I, you, you would never describe. It's it's like the one position in football where it's impossible to be a playmaker. It's like if you're doing your job, no one knows that you're doing it. Right. It's just like oh. Well, he just held, you know, J.J. Watt sackless. But, like, that goes unnoticed, you know? Quentin Nelson is the first ever playmaker on the offensive line where he's doing things where you're like, how is he doing it?
0: And he didn't declate just anybody. That was Melvin Ingram yeah. from the Chargers.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, with with that offensive line, with that defense, with that running game, the idea And, and coach. like yeah. I think Frank Reich's a really yeah. good offensive coach. I, I just don't think that you could tell me before the season with all that and Andrew Luck that you would have been beyond shocked that they appear in a Super Bowl. But with Jacoby Brissett, I say, I would be beyond shocked if they appear in the Super Bowl. That's why I called for free my boy, get the Daniel Jones era started early, give Eli one last shot at a title with a team. Because I think... It, it's a difference between being solid and having Super Bowl pedigree. And sorry, I don't see that from Brissett. He'll play well. This will be a close game. That being said, I'm on the Titans. You've got Brissett and Brissett in the same conversation. I, that's, all, that's all the respect for you, Kobe. Josie. I, <laughs> I often call him Josie. <laughs> just, I'm just thinking with Josie from now on. It's just Josie.
2: You think about the skill players on the team, though. Here and
1: after referred to as Josie. Josie. for you, For you lawyers out there. Marlon Mack. That, that one's for Twerks. Here and after. T. Y. Hilton. Funches broke his
2: clavicle last week, but um they have a couple a young rookie Paris Campbell. I really like this team. It's just they have a tough start to the year going on the road to San Diego on the road to
1: Tennessee. It's tough. We'll see. Tennessee. Tennessee.
0: So just make sure I got this right. You guys all went Titans, right? Yes. All right. All right, next game we got is Tugs, Cowboys coming into Washington to face the Redskins. I guess D.C., right? Yep. And the line is for the Cowboys at minus five, and Ruther chose the Cowboys.
1: Your Cowboys team, Tug. How about them Cowboys? You know
0: what?
2: I th- Look, I always, I, I only like placing money on the Cowboys when they're an underdog. Do not trust them as favorites. I did like them last week because the line was so big. The Giants-Cowboys series, you just got to trust the linesmaker there. I'm going to go with the Redskins here because... Redskins have given some fits to the Cowboys in, uh, in Washington in the past. Um, everyone saw Cowboys being amazing. Now we have week two where people have some tape on the Kellen Moore offense. And Keenum wasn't bad. Played pretty well, actually, against the Eagles.
1: They did have a backdoor cover. I can see that happening again. I'm going to go with
2: because Andy's on the Cowboys the Washington Redskins.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. I could see another backdoor cover. I could see another game where the Redskins come out. I agree with them having tape on the Cowboys. I also agree with, and don't get me wrong, I I feel like everybody has to say this because everybody just says, it's ludicrous that he turned down $30 million. Um, So I think it's ludicrous that Dak turned down $30 million. At the same time, I like Dak, but I think Dak is inconsistent and i think uh the idea that you know dak will have one great game and one mediocre game and last week he had a perfect game he, he uh, by quarterback rating he literally threw a perfect game so does the pendulum swing back that far i just don't see you getting two great performances back to back from dak uh back to recover back to our redskins
2: i wouldn't be surprised the redskins win this game i it just it just it, it's never that easy for the, the Dallas Cowboys, like to go to be two and zero. Look, uh, both in division as well. Um, it's uh, it's it's a trouble spot for me.
0: Twerks, you're up. All right, next up we have our AFC West matchup of the week. We got the Kansas City Chiefs coming into Oakland to face the Raiders. Yo fool, yo fool, yo fool. And the Chiefs are favored at minus seven. Ruther chose the Raiders. The Raiders. He's on the Raiders. Frijoles Negros, the black hole.
1: Hole Negros.
2: It's a tough one, Joe. The Raiders, I believe, have beaten the Chiefs the last two years in Oakland.
1: I really... I'm going to go with Kansas City here, and it's strictly just, it's really just an Andy Ruther fade. I'm going... Uh, Kansas City here on the—it's uh, good for the Raiders. They had their—you they you know, uh, the, the Antonio Brown saga, and they come out week one, and they get a win, and everybody's pumped. But, like, there's no doubt in my mind that this Chiefs team is good. And if you're going to show the world that you're like, we don't give a fuck that Antonio Brown's on the Patriots— We're here to fucking go to the Super Bowl. You have to do it by slaughtering your division rivals. And I think the Chiefs scalp the Raiders in Oakland. Twerks, you are a Native American, so you might have been offended just by that uh, description. And you're also a Raiders fan. How do you feel about this game versus the Chiefs? in Yoful, oakland
0: yeah native american and unabashed raiders fan uh i know on the podcast i've given some hot takes and the raiders yeah. will go 22 and 1 and whatnot uh this is, is a this tough the game. one i no, the the one was the preseason <laughs> uh, i i actually I, honestly i don't think the raiders win this game i think it's gonna be a really tough game but i do think they cover they always play the chiefs pretty tough and just to kind of give a kind of like my take on them after last week's performance. Abram out for the season. That hurts, but I will say that the, the, really the, the key takeaways I had from that Raiders game was that it was nice to see that their top three picks uh, all look like they, they're going to be performers in the league, which it's hard to draft good players at all, but to draft them, you know, at the right spot is even harder. And the fact that, you know, the, their first three looked great uh, with Jacobs, Farrell, and Abram, um it's looking good for, for Mayock and Gruden right now. And then the other key takeaway I had was that... Mike Maycock, as I Mike call Mayc- him. yeah, for Maycock. The other key
1: takeaway, though, was Although that he ended up cutting him, so maybe I can retract the Maycock. Right, When right, he was going right. to play him week one after getting called a cracker, yeah. they were full Maycock. Yeah. So so yeah. maybe he heard... I think so. He, maybe he heard people referring to him as Mike Maycock.
0: Yeah. And the last thing, too, is that the, the Raiders line actually looked really good against a tough front seven from the Broncos, you know, and Carr was able to step up in the pocket and not get the happy card we've seen. So he's looked like he's made some strides in that area. Uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. I don't think they win, but I think they cover.
1: I also like what I, what I've seen from the Raiders and I am excited for you and I'm excited for the city of Las Vegas and I'm excited for Raiders fans everywhere. I don't know that John Gruden is like the future of this Raiders team. Like I think well, he's a 10 year deal. Right. But, I, <laughs> but I'm saying, but, but I could see, and I said this before, I could see, I could see the move to Vegas and Gruden's deal remains in place while he is removed from the head coaching position and is just running the weekly Raiders show a la Robert De Niro and casino from a, from a casino floor in Vegas. He's doing the John Gruden show. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> you know, he he replaces May Cuck as the GM, and, uh, you know, he's just doing a fucking Vegas show every night. He's got a Vegas residency, and he turns the team over to somebody else. But I like that they're, you know, that they're knock on wood and believing with, um, uh, with, with Gruden. But that being said, I think the Chiefs fucking just – I just think their offense is too much.
2: I, I, it's a game I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't be surprised at the Raiders. They've proven the past couple of years they can play in, with them in Oakland. Derek Carr has been uh and for fantasy purposes a QB two and a QB four overall the last two years that the Raiders have played Kansas City in Oakland. You know he feels comfortable playing that team. Um and also I thought Tyrell Williams was a, like looked great. And uh and it's really gonna be a Josh Jacobs game. If he could you know, keep the Chiefs offense off the field, then they got a real shot. But uh I'm I'm simply fading him because Andy's on him. <laughs>
1: We need to keep this moving. We're pushing two hours because we're the Twin Towers. Exactly. Two, two hours <laughs> with the Twin Towers. <laughs> that's the that's the title. Yeah. <laughs> that's the title. Alright,
0: next game is the Bears at the Broncos. Bears are favored at minus two and a half. And Ruther chose the Bears.
1: Ruther's on the Bears. Yes. A, Finally. You get you get a home dog. I like the Broncos in this game. Um
2: the Bears, there's there's some of the beat writers in Chicago are saying there's some. Real confidence issues with Trubisky right now. People are questioning his ability to lead. They're questioning his ability to perform in big moments. I I was impressed by him last year uh, against the Eagles in the playoff game. I thought he played really nicely. But there's been talk all preseason about him and summer camp, not uh, training camp, not not making strides, not growing in the offense. He missed just
1: straight up wide open. Just missing targets. Um, Passes last week. Yeah,
2: and I also think the Vic Vangio thing is an issue – You know he's going playing against his old team. Knows what they want to do defensively. Knows Trubisky's strengths and weaknesses, having played against him in practice. You know all of last year, Um, and Denver is like I don't know what the record. It's like they have a ridiculous record
1: in September at home. They're like yeah,
2: it's like twenty and two like the last four years. I I love the
1: Broncos at home here. I love uh, the Broncos defense against Trubisky. I love the Broncos' defensive pass rush against Trubisky. I think Trubisky not making strides. Also, last week struggled against a Packers team that everybody says, oh, no way they're going to play defense. Now, they're obviously an improved defense, but Denver, you know, not the defense they once had, but still basing their entire, you know, persona as a football team around. Playing ball control and and playing good defense. The idea that they're underdogs to a Bears team that scored three points last week at home in Denver seems crazy to me. I'm also on the Denver Broncos. The
2: look ahead line was a pick, which I think is actually the line. There's in no way do I think the Bears are should be favored in Denver. It just doesn't yeah. make any sense. They didn't show me anything. And everyone's seeing like, oh, the Broncos kinda of laid an egg against the Raiders. They're not very good this year. But you just gotta you just gotta take the home dog here.
0: Next game is the Saints at the Rams. We're bo- so we're both on the Broncos there. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Got that one. Saints at the Rams. Rams are favored at two and a half. Minus two and a half. This is an interesting game. Who's Ruther got? Ruther's got his Rams? Saints.
1: Oh, Ruther picking against his own team at home. Rams are a favorite, obviously, at home, but it's a small line. Uh do the Saints? Are the Saints able to come into the Coliseum and beat the Rams? I think they are able to come in and beat the Rams. I think they do come in and beat the Rams. Wow. Going with a money line, money line pick here. I think the the Saints come in and beat the Rams. Joe Prenn on Instagram. I don't know if I don't know if that's going to be one of my three locks, but uh, it's tough because I I still like this Rams team. But, I, I mean, talk about revenge games. Talk about revenge games.
2: I, I think the, that, the
1: game that was stolen from them. I agree. A couple factors there. One,
2: how emotionally drained are they from the incredible performance of Monday Night Football? Do they get up again for a revenge game? It seems important to them. However, the heartbeat of that team is a 40-year-old man. How much does he really care about a revenge game? Is he, is he thinking long game? Is he yeah. really thinking, like, I need to 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 avenge last year's loss in week two? Or are we thinking, like, let's just take this game as we take every Towards. other Find game. me
1: the over-under on this while we pick it, too. Um, I'm going to pound the shit out of the under. That might be my under pick.
2: I think the under's not a bad call as well. And uh, I, I'm going to go with the Rams here. One, because it's Andy, Ruther Fade. But two, I just feel like it feels like a letdown spot for me. Like everyone feels like it's a revenge game. I'm going to go the other way on that and uh, take the Rams here. Everyone's talking. Gurley is in a in a in a committee now with Malcolm Brown. I see Gurley playing well in this game, and um, yeah, the Rams move on to two and zero.
0: The over under is at fifty two and a half.
1: That's I'm going. That that might be one of my picks.
2: I think unders uh, sounds good there.
1: Yeah. It's just it's just everybody's gonna see the 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 sun shining and the green grass of the Coliseum. Everybody's on two high powered offenses. I think it's a slug it out game.
2: The look ahead was a field goal, Rams at two and a half, it feels like it's an auto bet for me on the Rams just to get the half point of value. But uh who who knows? Game, I, I,
1: I think the Saints win this game and and there's a chance that I that they do make my pick. I think I think my my pick uh well, we'll save it, but I I also do do not think it's a sure thing by any means that they they win the game, and I could see them just covering the, in the weird short cover. But um, I think it'll be a great game. Do you have any consideration in attending that game, Tug? Are you not?
2: Uh, my folks are in town. Otherwise, I think it'd be a strong yes. But um, I, and I but 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 in that vein, I want to say this: the NFL has a real problem with the afternoon games. There's not enough, and
1: they're often not good. Well, this game is good, but it, the other games are. It tends to be almost always like the West games. Correct. Which it, it, it just seems like they could always. Why can't you just grab a couple of other. Eastern or Central time zone games and just play them later. Especially in the early part of the year. Them early, you can't play the West games earlier. You can't play a 10 a.m. West Coast game. But. but in
2: September, the light is still good. Like, it's a, yeah. an afternoon game on a Sunday. Like, don't give us just Raiders, Chiefs, Bears, Broncos, and Rams, Saints. Like, throw in two more games. So, like, you know, we'll we see it throughout the year. It'll be two afternoon games, and it'll be, like, the Cardinals, who aren't good, playing the Lions. You know, it's
1: so NFL. Come on. If I end up going to this game, I'm, I'm putting in an early request right now with Andy Ruther. Andy, if you listen to this episode, I'm putting in a request. If I end up going to this game, I may switch my pick to the Rams just so that I can root for them. But uh, for
0: now, I'm on the Saints. Let's go, twerks. Uh, t- wait, Tug, you chose Rams, right? C-
2: correct. Okay.
0: Next game is Eagles-Falcons. Uh, the Eagles are away going to the Falcons. And the Eagles are favored at minus one and a half. Ruther chose the Eagles.
1: Roosters on the Eagles. Tug, this is your Super Bowl pick. It is the Eagles. Yep. You're a Howie Roseman slurper. I do. I do think he's really good.
2: And he got fired by who? Who fired him? Chip Kelly came back a year later. Chip Kelly is an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um,
1: the and, li- and fired a white guy. Who saw that coming? That's true.
2: Uh, the line is what?
1: One First? and a half.
2: Eagles one and a half. Yeah. At well, home, Atlanta. home dog again. I'm going to take in prime time everyone, again, the Vikings defense doesn't give up passing touchdowns. They completely shut down uh Matt Ryan last week. Matt Ryan also lost in week one against uh, last year against the Eagles in a very low-scoring game. It was against Nick Foles. But there was a they, they seem like it'd be a slow burn. One stat I like for Falcons fans and fantasy fans, the Falcons play three games outside all year, 13 games in a dome. Come on, let's light <laughs> it up. This is not one of those games. This game's in a dome. I like him to get hot. I like them to play fast. I like the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. This is not a game that they win. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons.
1: I'm also on the Atlanta Falcons. I think, uh, I just think as good as the Eagles are, I actually, I know it's week one, and this is, I don't think this is an overreaction. I don't think that it says what the Eagles are or aren't long-term, but I just think in week one, if you're a Super Bowl team, if you don't come out and step on the neck of the Redskins, something is amiss, and uh, they ended up obviously playing great in the second half, but I'm on the Falcons. Falcons burn me every year, I feel like, because I'm on the Falcons. But they always tend to burn me late. Like, if they go 0-2, they're burning me from the get-go. So I'm also on the Falcons uh, on this game.
0: All and we're right. also
1: fading Andy Ruther. Correct. That's all that matters.
0: Last game of the week, we got our Monday night game. The Cleveland Browns going to New York to face the Jets. And the Browns are favored at two and a half. Ruther mm-hmm. chose the Browns.
2: I teased it earlier. I l- if Sam Donald was playing this two, game...
1: This game's two and a half. Yeah.
2: Who knows what the line is actually going to be if it moves at all with Trevor Simeon coming in. Right. And I can't imagine that Sam Donald's going to move the line that much.
0: What about the uh, Le'Veon Bell news?
2: He's getting an MRI today, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so uh-huh. everyone go out there and get Ty Montgomery. There's a lot of talk from the beat writers that Ty Montgomery is going to be more active in the, uh, this year.
1: Now, again, this is Ruther's line from last night. The ESPN, and I just, just because it's, Accessible. ESPN has this line listed: Cleveland minus six.
2: Well, that's 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 the Sam Darnold news. Yes, that's the Sam so Darnold you, news. Do, we, do you want to go? Well, we got to go with.
1: Let's. Well, we've got Andy Ruther's picking here. Doesn't so let, matter. It doesn't even matter to me. The, the, the New York Jets are the Jets winning, winning this game. This game.
2: The New York Jets are winning this game. Trevor Simeon has won games in the NFL before. I think it's about the, the one of the Achilles' heels. Now, it'd be nice if Quinnen was playing, but one of the Achilles Hills for the Browns is their offensive line. They're not great. And if you have trouble getting Baker time to throw, I think they're still trying to figure out systems to put his playmakers in, in, in good space, place to play. Like, I understand Odell's a deep threat, but what we saw successful with Eli and Odell were these slants, like, just Absolutely. get him the ball Absolutely. early and let Absolutely. him work, Yeah, you know? I need to see more of that yet. I don't know if we're if we're there yet with Baker and Odell. It may take a while, even though he had a bunch of targets. Reuther's on the Browns. I'm, I'm just. I think the Jets win this game here. It is a revenge game from last year. Uh, they played on the Thursday night football, and then uh, Tyrod Taylor got hurt that game. Baker came in mid game. I know the Jets for a fact don't like t- Tyrod Taylor and they don't like Baker Mayfield, but also Greg Williams doesn't like any of those people over there he's going to be fired up he's going to be put in safety like he likes to do thirty yards deep.
1: I see a revenge game for Greg Williams and they go one and one i'm Browns win the game Browns cover our line Browns do not cover the 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 Sam post sam darnold it's line like a field goal game that's or yeah like. that's that's does not affect us in terms of the dirty sports pick but that but just an FYI, if you listen to this show and you take our uh, you, you know, you take our advice in terms of your gambling life. Uh, as far as this game goes, I think Odell shows out in a return to MetLife. I think the Jets start 0-6. I think uh, it's a close game, but Jets gonna Jets. Uh, I think Sam Darnold it, watches the game from the sideline inside a bubble. Uh, he goes, full bubble boy. Uh, or possibly in a glass house on Staten Island. A glass, they've, got him, they've got him just across the Verrazano. Uh, they've got him in a glass case. Uh, I think the Browns win. I think the Browns cover the Andy Ruther line. I think the, brand, the Jets cover whatever they end up, you know, if it ends up falling five and a half, six in there for, your, for, for betting purposes. And and those are our games, correct? Update for all those who care, the uh my New York Mets. Oh, I thought that was Oh, it is. Yeah. The Mets are up eleven one. They're gonna four game sweep this Arizona Diamondbacks team who was hot as shit before that. The Mets are the Mets pulled an Undertaker. They kind of rose up. I I put I put the nail on the coffin. I said, uh shut down de Gram. I said let Alonso swing for the fences. To, solely to break the home run record, he did. Yeah. last night. the The Mets don't. Uh, the Mets don't quit. That's. Uh, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of credit on that. They don't quit. I, it's almost like they need people to to say, "I still think your season's done."
2: Hey, what did my? Name, I gotta do whatever it takes.
1: What did my namesake say so many years ago, Tug
2: McGraw? You gotta believe.
1: You Gotta believe. He's a former Met. Guys, one in sixty nine. Twerks, we kept you too long, didn't we? Twerks is, is that that that's that sound is Twerks zipping his bag to go to class. Uh, Tug two hours with the twin towers. It's either that's that's either the title or uh, that our new or, or Verlander and Upton are American royalty. <laughs> One of those two is the title. I think it's gonna be two hours with the twin towers that's... in honor of nine eleven being yesterday. Um, Tug, where can everybody find you? What what do you want people to know? Here's about what's here, going on. Here, in Tugland. A couple announcements,
2: guys. Twerk. Me... Feel
1: free to feel free to. Just go out the door.
2: Thanks, twerks. You can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. I'm launching next week for those of you. Uh, this is uh, a more subtle take, but uh, a podcast with my wife where we talk about. My wife is a sommelier, so if you have a friend or family that loves bless wine, you. yeah, bless you. Thank you. Zoom <laughs> um, tight. It's coming out next week. Um, really excited to announce that. So follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Get you some great ideas on beer, wine, and of course some malted uh sparkling beverages and i've been talking to andy Ruther about this there's some rumblings in the works now that i have some podcast, i really want dspn exclusive this is a dspn exclusive guys please let andy know andy or joe know that i want to build together a little half hour weekly show for dsp half hour
1: with the single tower
2: how half hour the single tower um, where we talk about sports, quick hits on uh betting lines and things like that, and just talk some shop. So, if that's something you're interested in. Please let me know on Twitter and Instagram and let Andy, Joe, and Dirty Sports know. I mean, I
1: think I, as as the most important member of the Dirty Sports Thank you. podcast network, uh, we'd, we'd be happy to have you. It'd
2: be great to grow under the umbrella. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, so let us know. But anyway, thanks. Uh, thank you to you, Joe, as always. Always fun to be with you. And big thank you to Andy. Feel better, buddy. Feel better in Catalina with your mom.
1: Stop tongue-kissing Sam Darnold, <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> At Joe Prano on Instagram, three picks uh, coming your way. Uh, I'm not sure that any of them will involve this Thursday night football game. I have sold all my... Uh, Cam Stock and Jamarcus Winston doesn't seem like something I'll touch. So follow me on Instagram at Joe for my three locks uh, between now and Sunday at Fix Your Life on Twitter at the Dirty Sports Podcast on all social networks at Andy Ruther on all social networks. And of course, the most important thing that we can always say, uh, rate, review and subscribe, but mostly review the Dirty Sports Podcast on iTunes. It's it's great for keeping us up in those charts. Uh, Write your review, and not myself, but Andy Ruther will send you two Dirty Sports koozies. So write your review, and uh, maybe your review can include how I made you $150 last week if you're playing Joe Prano's three locks. So write a review if I made you money last week. God damn it. And uh, that's our show. Tug, thank you as always for filling in. You filled in, you, you always fill in so nicely for me. I think you filled in even nice. Uh, technically, you're still filling in for me. You're filling in for me over yes, there. On the I'm left filling side. in for Andy Ruther. Left. That's right. You did the tremendous job you always do filling in for me. You, I did a tremendous job filling in for Andy Ruther. Incredible job. Hopefully, Andy Ruther is in a bubble on Catalina <laughs> and hopefully he can clean himself up. But for now, Andy Ruther, and all you dirtballs out there, stay dirty.